Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. This is going to be another episode of Reforge Gaming News, talking about the Star Wars Lego Skywalker Saga game that just released today. It released on April the 5th, and it includes all nine movies. I wanted to use this as an opportunity to kind of debate about the movies a little bit, kind of consider expectations about all nine movies inclusion in this game we will be jumping into gameplay as a separate stream after this kind of wanted to do this as just something fun before we jumped in to the game if you're looking for the lego star wars skywalker saga gameplay again that will be a separate stream we'll get to that uh later but i I even want to kind of do this as a reforge update i don't know if we'll throw this over on the reforge update channel but as a great sort of starter just to give you guys my perspective on the movies This is a Reforge update. The LEGO Star Wars Skywalker Saga game has arrived, releasing on April the 5th on all platforms. And before diving into the game, I will be sort of giving my first impressions and an overview, review, and gameplay over on Reforge Gaming. I did want to do sort of a flyover of the movies and just consider why they're all being included, right? Like all nine movies, what fans of Star Wars think about all these movies, kind of giving you my thoughts as well, and maybe speculating about how they might be memed and made fun of uh, in the various implementations within the game, sort of, you know, poking fun at some of the stuff that happens in them. Uh, If you like these videos, be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button. That way you don't miss my upload. So I want to take them sort of in order not in order of release, but in order of movies. And I want to first just talk about the first three movies, because for me, this was a huge betrayal of the style and the aim and the storytelling of Star Wars. If you grew up like I did with 4, 5, and 6, you were really excited to see episodes 1, 2, and 3 coming out. And then when we finally saw them, they just didn't feel the same. This wasn't just because we were older, because you can rewatch the old movies and still very much enjoy them. I think thematically episodes one two and three they're just kind of all over the place they feel like they're made for kids but also they kind of don't feel like they're made for kids i've watched just very basic movie critique of these movies the the writing's pretty awful pacing acting the the script is is generally pretty bad even if you say like oh i like kind of what they did now as a fan of star wars i think it takes the most epic character arc the 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 change of anakin skywalker into darth vader and i just think it absolutely fumbles it this is probably a pretty tall order when you sort of know what a character is going to become i know that makes it a challenge everybody kind of knew what was going to happen with anakin but it's too fast it's not really believable there's just zero depth so overall i feel like the first three movies I kind of got one of them remade. Unfortunately, I don't know if that will uh, if that will ever happen. But I feel like they're generally very poor in their execution. Now, the original trilogy is certainly not flawless. I think New Hope is sort of the best feeling in certain aspects. Feels more like the gritty, you know, space western, uh, and it definitely I think struggles with being sort of cliche it's got the clean you know blow up the thing at the end sci-fi thing that you know so many movies do and but i think it's a great movie to set the stage and i believe empire strikes back has aged the best in many people's minds it wasn't directed by george lucas there's great writing great pacing it doesn't have a cliche ending it sort of leaves you unsatisfied which actually led to people not liking it when it originally hit theaters and over time it became the fan favorite 
and outside of Rogue One, I think Empire probably has the best humor. Now, Return of the Jedi is sort of ending on a sour note because the Ewoks felt out of place, kind of corny. They didn't really seem to fit the theme of a battle. The Stormtroopers are notorious for having bad aim, but they're also, you know, able to be beat up by, like, little teddy bears with sticks. It's sort of unbelievable. It would have been better if those were, you know, Wookiees. So I don't necessarily think this trilogy ends on the greatest note either. And then the latest movie, 7, 8, and 9, there's tons of blood spilt on YouTube over these movies, why they're bad, why they're good, and and all sorts of varying degrees of opinion. I think it's an undeniable mess uh, as a trilogy. It's pretty much a disaster. Uh, it's It's cinematic malpractice the the way that they've been put together having three different directors was an awful idea I think it led to a complete mistreatment of the subject matter the characters and the stories Uh, Ryan Johnson basically torpedoed the entire trilogy I do think the first movie Force Awakens was a very safe very stereotypical movie but it was at least a good setup for new stories to be told new characters to be developed and that just gets destroyed in number eight and then the final movie number nine is just patchwork they're just it's just the most patchwork try to fix everything nonsense that i've ever seen it is not a good movie either it didn't really have a choice it was sort of set up to be a bad movie i can't see how the ninth how the final movie was even it was possible to be a good movie i just don't think that it was it was set up to fail by number eight, which is why I lay everything at number eight. I lay everything at The Last Jedi's feet. I think it ruined the trilogy beyond repair. It could have been mediocre. It could have been okay. It could have been average, but it's bad, and most of that is the eighth movie's fault. Now, will all these things show up in the game? Will they show up in LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga? Because Funny enough, if you think about it, this is the first time these nine movies have been referred to as the Skywalker Saga in an official capacity. Many of us that are fans have said, it's a Skywalker Saga. It should center around Skywalkers. Like, that's how it should be. Are they going to meme the problems and make fun of things? We're going to obviously keep our eyes open for that. Be sure to check out the gameplay over on Reforge Gaming or the big debate about the movies that we're going to have following the recording of this. I record these and kick them over. So, as always, hit subscribe and the bell button, and I'll see you in the next video. And I'll see the rest of you right now. Just a quick flyover to sort of set the stage for the debate today about the Star Wars movies. We thought we would get into this anyways because, like, we're we're talking Star Wars. We're talking, you know, the characters, the movies, um, and sorry, Discord. We're talking, you know, we're talking all the different things that they've done. And we thought, let's do this for, you know, an hour to two hours before we dive into gameplay because... I'm really looking forward to this game. I played it this morning for 20 minutes, played the first mission to record a Reforged First Look. So if you're subscribed to Reforged First Look, that's that's going to hit there uh, at some point this morning. Uh, Creature will take care of that for me. But I am interested, I think, in this game at multiple levels. Number one, as a, as a fan of games and as a gamer, I, I enjoy the Lego games. with I've enjoyed them with my son and my daughter as well as my wife. And... I'm interested also as a Star Wars fan. Are they going to intentionally take shots at the movies? Are they going to intentionally include things that have been memed by the fans? What's good, Feed? I see you in the chat. Dead on with Empire being hands down the best film. And yes, the Ewoks being dumb. 
uh, in Return of the Jedi. That's not even an argument to be had here. Played for 30 minutes before work. The game is awesome. Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, LEGO Star Wars Skywalker Saga gameplay is actually open for your choice at the beginning. You can choose to start with Episode 1, Episode 4, or Episode 7. Basically, the first movie's... Uh, of each trilogy is where you can decide to start. I started with New Hope, and it's wonderful. I really think they did a great job. They do the text scroll at the beginning. It's basically the beginning of the movie. It's awesome. I, I really, really appreciated what they did with that. It feels very, very you know solid to have that springboard. And I also like the idea of you know depending on where you are in fandom. You may want to start with, you know, episode one. Maybe you just think that's fun to play through from the very beginning. Mandalorian's not in this. No, but there's like a Mandalorian skin pack or something you can get. I haven't checked it out like characters or something. Uh, As for this new game, obviously a must-buy for LEGO game fans and Star Wars fans. The prequels are trash, so if I played this, I I would do what we did a long time ago with the Wii Star Wars game and just play four through six easy. Unfortunately, I think you would miss out on a lot of great gameplay doing that. I agree. I think, you know, the Star Wars Lego games are really enjoyable and you're kind of missing out. Just just the sheer fun of clearing an area, solving the puzzles, going back with the characters and because you need all the different characters to do all the different puzzles. What's good feed? I see you in the chat. Good to see you. Good morning, everybody. Guys, if you're just tuning in, say good morning in the chat before you get to lurking and smash that like button. Give us a strong start this morning. Yesterday, we covered Ashes of Creation and for whatever reason, it was incredibly weak. We seem to be off to a slow start as well today, which is incredibly surprising given last week's coverage. So let's get this train going here. We get some strong likes and some good chat activity that can really help the video uh, get kind of picked up by YouTube. Uh, hey, Lono, I played the old Lego Star Wars on my PSP. Funny enough, I believe it was only four through six. Did they remake these ones completely? This is a complete remake. So if you played the original Star Wars Lego game, uh, you will not be feeling like, oh, I have done this before. It's a completely different execution, uh, a completely different execution of the missions. Different. You're playing as different characters. It's more action-adventure, more over-the-shoulder than top-down, uh, and I, I think it's very, very, very good. Uh, yo, good morning, everybody. Guys, thanks for the good morning raid in chat. Get those likes to 100 likes. We only need 18 more. There's almost 200 people here. We're going to have to really, really push this up. I don't know why we're having slow starts. It could be YouTube acting up again. I know it was acting up yesterday. Uh, gameplay yesterday was fine. Maybe we've got too many Elden Ring heads uh, for s- such lengthy Elden Ring coverage. The decision to make the transition between level to level uh, so seamless is awesome. Uh, Eugene says, what's good about it? What's good about what? The game or Star Wars? I'm a huge sci-fi fan, but always found Star Wars films to be the pop music of sci-fi. They're okay, but nothing special. You'd have to watch the original trilogy, though, in context. Like, you can't really watch them now and expect them to blow your hair back. You have to watch them and think about the time that they launched. Now, according to the reviews here, Shaq News has given the game a 9. Windows Central give it a 4 out of 5. Hardcore Gamer, 4.5 out of 5. Press start, 8.5. IGN gave it an 8 out of 10. 
Game Spew and Game Informer also gave it an 8 out of 10, and Destructoid gave it a 7.5. Um, Metacritic is landing at an 86 or an 83, respectively. And then OC, I think they meant to put PC. Morning, what's good about it? What's good about Star Wars? Oh, the morning. What's good about the morning? Good morning, good day, good existence to you. I don't know. They are what created the pop music of sci-fi. They were the first of their kind. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars spawned an entire generation of movies. Murph Dog says, I was always curious about when people sat down in the theater when the OG trilogy first premiered and the word Star Wars Episode Four rolled past, and I wonder if any of them were confused, like... Uh, what did I somehow miss the first three? Right? Yeah, like, wait, what happened to the first three episodes exactly? I remember being confused as that as a kid. Like, once I was old enough old enough to re-watch them, I was like, wait, I don't understand. Are there other movies? I remember feeling that. I know I felt that because I remember asking, I think I asked my dad about it. I was like, I don't understand. What, are there three movies before? Some movies just have more magic when you see them at a certain age. Goonies, Princess Bride, Star Wars... Would I love them as much if I hadn't grown up with them? My wife and I had a big debate about that because she play, uh, she had never seen The Princess Bride, and when I introduced it to her, she's like, I don't get why this is considered to be so great and so funny. And since I grew up with it, I thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it, right? If you don't grow up with The Princess Bride, the humor might not land on you. I definitely had that experience with Monty Python. Monty Python did not land on me. I thought, you know, what is this? Why, why does everybody think this is so funny? Where's your coffee? Did you forget to put the machine on again? Can't wait to pick up the game today. Oh, coffee's right here. I got it in my... My wife got me a nice red Yeti uh, cup to keep it nice and uh, warm. There we go. We had three coffee sales yesterday. We're trying... I don't know if I want to put it on screen. I tried to put it on screen and I immediately hated it. I was thinking of setting a daily goal of like five coffee orders a day and five new channel memberships a day just to see if we could set daily goals we really need we really need like coffee and memberships to be a regular thing we don't run lots of ads here channel growth's been great all of our youtube channels are doing what we want but we do have to treat this you know like a business we got to put on a professional show but also do those call to actions like hey you got you know we got to have support for these various things so but i put it on screen and hated it immediately so Four more likes for the first 100 likes, guys. Smash that. Let's get going here. We got to get some momentum before we're the first 30 minutes in the stream. We are off to another slow start here. Uh, Well, that's because Monty Python is not funny. (laughs) Does anyone watch YouTube on Xbox? How do you send a chat message? Yeah, I don't know. I've never done that. That's like saying that I missed the first three Lord of the Rings movies when The Fellowship of the Ring came out, referring to The Hobbit. Yeah, but like they didn't call Lord of the Rings episode two, episode three or something like that. You literally see the Star Wars text scroll by and it says episode four and you're like, what the frick, huh? I know you're a creamer guy, but have you ever tried froth milk? Game changer. Expri, my wife does the Rageous Roast coffee with froth milk. If you guys have never ordered our coffee before, Rageous Roast is available at RageousRoast.com or you can use the coffee command in chat or the link below. If you're watching the VOD, continue doing any of the things below you know, listed as a way to support. Um, 
I don't know how to send chat messages on Xbox or PlayStation. I use my phone. Yo, good morning, Noble Beast. Like most comedy, Monty Python is hit and miss. I love a lot of Monty Python, but there are some bits that just don't land. See, I liked Monty Python's Flying Circus as a TV show. The movies I never thought were that fantastic. It didn't originally say episode four. Yes, it did, because I remember asking my dad about it. My dad had the VHS, and it said it in the scrawl. I swear it did. Now, that could be a baked-in memory, but I swear to you, I asked my dad about that. Maybe we just knew it was episodes four, five, and six. Maybe we knew that. I remember asking him about that. So it's possible it was common knowledge, and I didn't ask him because of the text scrawl. I asked him because we just knew. Episode 4 was not in the original opening text crawl. It was added later. The first of many retcons. Oh. See, I I knew about that somehow. I remember asking my dad, like, wait, if this is episodes 4, 5, and 6, where are the first three? On initial release, it was just Star Wars. Episode 4 was added on shortly after. Oh, that VHS was a re-release? No, it wasn't. The VHSs my dad showed me were not re-releases, homie. We're talking like late 80s. We're talking like late 80s or early 90s. I must have just imagined that it was there. I remember asking my dad about it. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I remember seeing it in the text crawl, but I remember the conversation. So maybe I just knew. Maybe somebody told me. Maybe somebody. Maybe it was common Star Wars fan knowledge that like. This is this is episodes four, five, and six or something. I don't know how I knew that, but my dad didn't. I mean, it, it did. When did they re-release them? Are you talking about the re-releases that were like THX remastered in like the late nineties? Because that was not the first time I saw Star Wars. I saw Star Wars late eighties, early nineties. It was very shortly after the initial release, if I'm not mistaken, the VHS version of four. Uh, had four in the title because Lucas quickly decided to make it four. It's just A New Hope was added in later releases. You're older than me and I know this. I don't know I don't know the depth of the of the of the, the finer points of the fandom though. That's the thing. One of my earliest memories is being at a drive in movie theater for Return of the Jedi. I remember playing on a swing set in front of the screen. The theatrical release was just a new hope. The later VHS releases added it at some point. Even the ones we watched were likely not the first home releases. Even just VHS was a couple of times before THX. So it's likely that we did see a text crawl that said episode 4. Because maybe my dad had VHS versions that had the new stuff added. Again, not the THX remasters. Because we got those way later in life. And we're really excited to get them. And then we were really disappointed when he went back and added like all these weird special effects and scenes. A New Hope was added to the text crawl in 1981. In 1977, it was simply called Star Wars. And then 1981 re-released in 81 and added that. Added, okay. When does it release on PC? Apparently, uh, the Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga release date for PC is 1 p.m. Eastern, apparently. I have the original DVD box set 4 to 6, and it does not have the episodes. How'd you get a DVD box set of the originals, though? By the time they were out on DVD, didn't they put start putting all that crap on them? I saw it in theaters in 77, and it was just Star Wars. 
but in the Blu-ray box set 1 through 9, they have them. Are you sure you're a Stargate fan? <laughs> like, here's the thing about being a Star Wars fan. People get weird about this, right? They're like, hey, you know, did, did we, 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 we're the real fans. We're not, you know. Oh, yeah, it just said Star Wars. Yeah, Barrier just put screenshots in the in the Discord. They do, but they don't have them. They did a limited release on DVD with the theatrical versions. So there's a limited release of DVD theatrical versions with none of the extra stuff. I think they re-released A New Hope when Return of the Jedi came out. That makes sense. Imagine if Disney released the original cuts. That's what I'm saying, man. I want the original Star Wars. Like, I know it would be gritty. I know you would see some of, like, the digital boxes around the ships and stuff. But I don't care, man. I want to be able to go back and watch the untouched originals. I want to see it. I want to see the grit. I want to see the rough edges. I want to see Han shoot first. I want to see all of those things. It'd be amazing to actually have access to those. That would be a huge thing. I wonder if Lucas argued for that when he when he sold the rights, right? Cough, cough. Projects Project Four K seventy seven. So did when he sold the rights? I wonder if he insisted that Disney never release the originals. Like I, I bet you that's baked into the contract. If you're just tuning in today, is the. Uh, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga release date. We will be diving into gameplay. Uh, We are debating the movies right now since all nine movies are included. We wanted to have the opportunity to just sort of discuss this because we figured that's what would happen anyway. Uh, If you're new to the stream and you haven't hit the like button or the subscribe button, let's let's do this. Which, uh, Which Star Wars trilogy is your favorite all right episodes one through three episodes four through seven and episodes oops i'm sorry episodes four through six episodes seven through nine one through three four through six or seven through nine which star wars trilogy is your favorite Let's see if a poll can't help us this morning. (laughs) Which Star Wars trilogy is your favorite? Episodes 1 through 3, episodes 4, 5, and 6, or episodes 7 through 9? I voted for Rogue One. No, 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 no. We're comparing trilogies here. I have the early 90s VHS. That's original. Um, Is it even a choice? It is for some people, yes. Uh, I think the third movie should not be in the category uh, that prequels are bad. Explain what you mean, Sax Boy. There's several fan cuts you can find that incorporate all the cleaned up shots, but omit all the weird, dumb changes. As far as I know, no one should put seven, eight, and nine. We'll see if we'll see. We'll see if that can if that can survive. We're almost a hundred votes in. Get those votes going. We're almost a hundred votes in, and it's it's looking pretty good. <laughs> One through three, Jedi's being a cult. Four through six, Empire being bad. Uh, make from 1973, 1939, 7 through 9 is the death of the franchise. 7 through 9, I would love to talk to somebody who legitimately thinks, yeah, people are probably clicking it to meme because now it has 3%. 
I would be curious to see if anybody genuinely feels that 7, 8, and 9 are the best. I, I would like to have that person argue with me and chat about it. I gotta go 1 through 3, says Ashen, because I love the memes that spawn from it. See, but, okay, so that's not you enjoying... That's not your favorite trilogy from the respect of films. You, you that, that Oh, I like it because of the memes? Hayden Christensen wasn't in episode 6? No. <laughs> I only like The Last Jedi... Uh, that's the only good movie out of the lot, says Hilly. You are a liar. Seven through nine had such high hopes, it was sad. Right. Sven must be here voting, says Barrier. I'll argue that they could have been. Well, ep- Star Wars episodes seven, eight, and 9, 100% could have been the best of the bunch. They could have literally avoided the trappings of the prequels, and they could have avoided the the struggles that they had with episodes 4, 5, and 6, like basically George Lucas. You know what I'm saying? Because like episode 4, okay, great start. You know, it gets the job done. Episode 5, okay, now we're cooking with gas. Episode 6, what the frick did you just do? Why are there Ewoks in them? Why are there Ewoks here? Oh no, I still love those movies. I have fun watching them. 789 were dumb. The originals I enjoyed, but eh. Cognitive distance is a thing, so I can see 5% voting for 7 out of 9, says Omar. I think the new trilogy is awful, but I would argue that The Last Jedi was the best of 7 through 9 for starting to explore interesting topics of the downsides of the Jedi religion and going toward the gray. That doesn't that doesn't fix what he did though, right? Just because he did something creative with the topic of 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 that doesn't mean that it's he r- r- The Last Jedi literally set the set that trilogy up to be terrible, right? If 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 The Last Jedi and and The Rise of Skywalker were were decent movies, it would be a totally fine trilogy. But you, you it every everything attached to it it's like a cyclone of destruction it makes the first movie stupid and nonsensical like think about it the, the, the last jedi literally single-handedly ruins that trilogy it ruins it because they basically make the first movie worse like if you thought the force awakens was kind of weak kind of safe kind of predictable i will agree with you okay all those things get worse after the sec after the last Jedi. They all get worse. Why? Because well, now you did this safe, predictable, very, very much carbon copy of a New Hope for no reason. None of this stuff matters. None of these setups matter. None of these character arcs matter. None of these things matter. You. You, you, you literally made the first movie, you made episode 7 worse than it already was. And, as a director, the reason it was cinematic malpractice is he set up the third movie to be terrible. The third movie cannot be good because of The Last Jedi. It's not possible. How do you make the third movie good after that absolute... I want to swear that absolute fatherless child of a movie. The middle movie literally is a fatherless child. That's what it is. It, what the actual huh? What what was what were they supposed to do in the la, in, in in episode nine after that absolute travesty of episode eight? What was they what were they supposed to do? 
8 and 9 put me to sleep. 7 hyped me up so much for the franchise, and then 8 was just boring and made me despise Rose. 9 was MacGuffins and backtracking. Yeah, 9 was literally like, um... Uh, what do we do, guys? (laughs) Did you guys... It's like, I can see them sitting down to write and direct episode 9. They're like, what the frick do we do now? What do we do? He, he, Luke Skywalker threw his lightsaber, and he's dead now, and apparently nothing that we thought was going to happen happened. Well, what do we do? Like, well, we subverted the viewers' expectations. Yeah, you subverted the directors and the writers for episode 9's expectations too, you dolt. The trilogy format destroyed Star Wars. You needed two films just to cover episode 3 accurately. Yeah, possibly, possibly. I mean, we're learning through television shows especially that some of this stuff is better treated as a slow burn, although sometimes you give people enough rope and they hang themselves like they did with Book of Boba Fett. It was like, hey, we can really take our time and we can really tell a great story. Listen, that's true, but there's su- there, there, there's a reason that this expression exists. Too much of a good thing. Like, Boba Fett's cool. Boba Fett climbing out of the Sarlacc is just awesome. It's literally as bad to the bone as it gets. And then you're like, I've got an idea. Let's spend half the season creating a connection to the Sand People with flashbacks. And then we're just gonna kill them all. Like, what the frick? It was horrible. It was like... It literally that that is an example of getting a little bit too big for your britches. You're like, well, we can really take our time and slowly develop the warrior of Boba Fett. Because I gotta be honest with you, when Boba Fett shows up in Mandalorian, it's freaking awesome. He's this hardened warrior, and he's mysterious and grumpy. And you're like, this is a cool character. They actually took Boba Fett and somehow made him cooler even though he's basically a grandpa they successfully did that and then they're like let's give him his own show and painfully and slowly do what exactly what was that supposed to be you could have had one episode with the with the with the tuscan raiders and then that have been good enough cool that explains why he has the weapon that explains why he's such an excellent fighter in hand to hand combat it explains his epiphanistic change as a character he's realized that this is not the way right you know there's a there's another path that he wants to take he doesn't want to be a a bounty hunter he doesn't want to live in the way that he was previously living all honesty at the end of the day looking hard at uh, a new hope and Lucas is a mastermind we're all just lucky we ended up with anything good if only 50% of Star Wars is good we're lucky to have that right I didn't recognize Luke in episode 8. He seemed to forget all the lessons from Yoda. He was just an old grumpy man. Listen, on paper, I actually like the idea of Luke Skywalker being disillusioned from the Jedi way. I actually thought there was some, some creativity there. If you're just tuning in, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga gameplay is coming up. We will be diving in and playing the game and checking it out, but right now we're debating the movies. We thought we were going to we, we would end up doing this anyway cuz all 9 movies are in the game. Which trilogy is your favorite? I cannot believe how close it is between episodes 1 through 3 and 4 through 6. What in the actual frick? 
who is voting for episodes one through three? My gosh, are you guys? How many of you are under the age of twenty-five? For frick's sake! Yeah, but I actually like on paper the idea of Luke being like, "Nah, dude, we had it all wrong. It's hubris. This belief that the Jedi are special. This belief that I was special. It's all hubris." It's all bogus. That could have been a really, really cool story arc for him. Why? Because it would have taken him to the edge of questioning all everything. He could have entertained and practiced with the dark side, and it could have messed him up. You could have him be a little bit mangled, like he experimented with the dark side and, you know, it kind of jacked up what his face looks like. And you could have had him doing all kind of stuff that turned him into a gray. And he could have taught her how to be a gray Jedi. Like, they literally made it seem like that's what he was going to do in the trailers, telling her it's about balance and stuff. And I'm like, okay, so you literally lied to us with the trailers And you were like, no, we're not going to do anything interesting with it. He's just a grumpy hermit who drinks weird milk and he buried his X-Wing and he doesn't want his lightsaber. Uh, And uh, oh, yeah, by the way, he uh, he thinks everything he learned and lived for is bogus and he's just bitter now. Nothing came from it. Like, think about it from this perspective. If you watch the original trilogy and you really consider Luke Skywalker as a character, he was really close to the dark side, right? He was whiny, he was a complainer, he was prone to anger, he made rash decisions, he falls into a trap in Bespin and loses his hand, and then he literally stares down the Emperor and is like, no. I and he and, and here's the thing I've always said. Luke Skywalker uses the dark side to beat Darth Vader the same way that Obi-Wan uses the dark side to beat Darth Maul. If you analyze both of those fights and the emotional state of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker, they harness the power of the dark side to beat the dark side they're in a fit of rage they channel the stronger side of the force but it's less controllable right and you could have taken luke and been like everything he thought he knew everything he was working on destroyed and in an and in a fit of rage and self-interest he isolates himself and he starts falling into the traps of the dark side and he starts using the dark side and getting strong with it and then yoda shows up and he's like you have wandered from the path and he brings him back but now he can harness both and he would have been unstoppable. You would have taken the the Skywalker prophecy of bringing balance to the Force, and you'd have actually done it. Instead of being like, no, he's just a grumpy hermit, because we think that's interesting. Like, how could you not do what I just did? How do you not watch Jedi and Phantom Menace and not see, wait a minute, there's an entire angle here that we're not considering that these guys can harness the dark side. There's proof that they've done it. So you think that Obi-Wan Kenobi is just like 
all of a sudden able to go toe-to-toe with Darth Maul after him and Qui-Gon were getting their chops licked, just bam, bam, getting punched in the face, stabbed in the gut. You think that Obi-Wan suddenly is just handling Darth Maul. No. He was wielding the dark side. He was, he was, he was channeling it through his rage. Luke does the same thing against Darth Vader. I will not fight you. It is unwise to lower your defense. You know, and then Luke gets really angry and he's like, vroom, 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 and he's wailing on him and he's seething, chops his hand off. And then, in a moment of clarity, comes back to being centered and grounded. That's the angle you take with the Skywalker saga. That's what they should have done. Uh, Doom with eight months of membership. What makes me angry is how great Rogue Rogue One was after Force Awakens. They turned around and destroyed Star Wars with the last two movies. Thank you, Doom. I agree. TJ Rage with a $5 tip. Bro, at the same time, Episode 2 was pretty lit when we saw it in the movies. I didn't think so. Remember, this was also during Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. I thought Episode 1, 2, and 3 were awful when when I saw them. Uh, Dan with 10 months of membership the people voting for episodes 1 through 3 must be thinking real world chronological order can't wait to get this game gonna treat Jar Jar like you did Hugo thank you Dan guys if you've never done a membership before consider doing one we are I'm not man I thought we were gonna absolutely have a burner here and no this is a weird turn let's look at the votes yeah 288 on the votes let's get for 300 votes on the poll let's shoot for 200 likes on the video uh, obviously feel free to disagree with me I love debating these movies that is the Skywalker saga though this bloodline with all the potential that falls short that is the story but it didn't have to be that Revenge of the Sith was God tier oh my gosh no it's awful it's awful the only reason you think Revenge of the Sith is God tier is the same reason that you think lukewarm water is refreshing when you're dying of thirst That's the only reason that people think Revenge of the Sith was God-tier. You literally are walking out of the desert of dung-heap crap movies. You're like, my gosh, episode one and two was so awful. You thought episode one was bad, and then in episode two, they're like, you ain't ain't seen nothing yet. Anakin's gonna surf on a walking nutsack. He's gonna flirt with with Padme in the creepiest way possible. He's gonna seem like some kind of a like weirdo, and then he's gonna have lines like "I hate sand." And you're gonna walk into Episode Three thinking you can't get lower than that. And lo and behold, there's a mediocre lightsaber fight between him and Obi Wan. You're like, all right franchise redeemed no you literally walked from worse to worse you couldn't get any worse unless they just didn't make the movie and just put a piece of toilet paper on the screen and wrote episode 3 on it Nick Dragula with a $5 tip thank you Disagree. I watched Revenge of the Sith like 10 times. The acting dialogue, Darth Sidious was the man. Oh my gosh. No, it's too fast, Black Superman. I love you, by the way, but it's too fast. Anakin's like supposed to turn into Darth Vader, and we haven't got that. And in the third movie, he's like, kill Dooku. And he's like, okay. And he struggles with it for like 30 seconds. 
Do you see what I'm saying? Have you ever watched these movies or shows where somebody has to kill somebody and it like jacks them up for the rest of their life? They're always thinking about it. And Anakin's like, man, I chopped old man's head off. That was graphic. And then like 20 minutes later, he's goofing around and laughing. TJ Rage with a $5 tip. Hold up. Samuel L. Jackson fighting in the stadium with all the other Jedi. Natalie Portman was a 10 during that scene. Yoda throwing hands. Like, Natalie Portman being beautiful and wearing a tight white outfit doesn't change anything. She could have been running around naked. I don't care. That doesn't change how stupid that scene is. What a monster of the week nonsense. Samuel L. Jackson fighting in a stadium with like a thousand lightsabers? No, absolutely not. I love Sammy J, but even he can't save that dadgum movie. He can't. You can't. He's been fighting a war for a decade. Oh my gosh. Uh, we got to see Obi-Wan and Anakin falling out. But it's not... It isn't epic. If you're just tuning in, we are debating the Star Wars movies because today the Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga release date has arrived. We're jumping into gameplay in like an hour, but I wanted to debate the movies because all nine movies are included in the game. So thank you for being here. Uh, I disagree. Nat Nude changes everything. (laughs) It'd be a very different movie. It really, really would. Like, what is she doing? She's distracting the enemy. Let's get out of here. Uh... Do you know that episode 3 is? It's Game of Thrones season 8. It's a blanking joke. Complete character arc changed in 30 seconds with next to no explanation. Yeah, there's it's it's not it's it's there's nothing about it that's epic. It's there's nothing. He goes from being like in love and smiling and being kind of cringy creepy in episode 2 and episode 3 they're like it's going to be the lightest push. He's going to chop an old man's head off and barely struggle with it. And then he's going to go from being like, should I do this? What the dark side's evil to being like, you know, I'm going to go kill children. You see what I'm saying? Killing children should literally be the hardest thing he has to do. He's not fighting somebody. He's not standing there next to Palpatine. He walks into the room and the children are hiding. They are scared and vulnerable. And he's like, this is easy. What the actual frick? That's that's so dumb. That moment should be absolutely gut-wrenching. You should be like, he is he has completely lost himself, but it's so fast. He slaughtered the sand people in episode two. Do you not remember that? Yeah, he slaughtered sand people. He slaughtered people who tortured his mother and he saw them as savages. So I don't think that's the greatest example of like, oh yeah, the descent into madness is clear here. He go he finds his mother tortured and he kills everybody in a fit of rage. Like that's at least believable why they set it up they set it up to be believable eight months from insomniac black and it's a tier three i see lono woke up ready to fight this morning side note uh is it cool to buy the kiddos more pokemon cards got a couple of elite trainer boxes i can send them yeah that's totally fine man they they would love that i that's too kind man i appreciate you doing that for my kiddos I'm just a casual Star Wars fan. The movies are fun to watch, but I'm curious to hear uh, where you think they go from here. Do they continue with episode 10 or are they done with the series? I think they should just do a bunch of TV shows from here on out and just forget all the freaking movie stuff. Just forget it. It's over. It's absolutely freaking over. It's done. 
Killing someone you view as an animal that has wronged you is very different than killing children you have spent years mentoring. That's what I mean. Like, if you found your family member, your mother that you left as a child, and it scarred you and harmed you, it made you fearful and skittish, and you felt alone in the universe, and you finally find your mother, and she's been tortured by these weird savages, these people that you've heard rumors about, and you find them, you're like, you know what? You're all dead, okay? That's not the same as, like, strutting in a room and being like, hey, Billy, you're dead too. What The kid's... He didn't even have to kill the kids. He didn't have to. He wasn't sold. So when did he get sold on the idea to wipe out the Jedi? When? When did it happen? It'd be one thing to be like, you know, you really convinced me that the dark side's cool because I really fear death. I really fear losing loved ones because I got separated from my mother at a young age and it shaped the fear in my view of the world and it shapes my fear in my view of my marriage and my wife and my potential children. So I'm going to do everything I can to protect them and you manipulated that. So I'm totally down with the dark side to protect my wife. But where's the tension? Wouldn't he still try to hold on to the good? He apparently still has good in him in Jedi. Luke senses it and it's there because he chucks Palpatine into the pit. So, where's the tension with the good? He's just like, yeah, you know what, bro? I'm good with this. Let's just kill everybody. Let's go kill the kids. Let's, I mean, are there dogs I can kill while I'm at it? Any women sleeping? Like, let me just murder anybody in sight I can find. It doesn't, it's, it's so fast. He went from what have I done killing Windu to killing kids. Yeah, but he more he more stepped in with Windu, right? He didn't like directly cut Windu down. Doesn't he like step in and then Windu goes flying out the window? He's not like, yo, what's good, Windu? He, like stabs him in the chest. It's kind of a cer- I'm not saying he wasn't trying to hurt him or kill him, but it's it's a little more circumstantial. It's not quite as cold blooded as walking in a room full of children and just cutting them down. Hey, hey, hold on. Leave the dogs out of this, says Barrier. (laughs) Wasn't that what Order 66 was? Eliminate all the Jedi. But why is he suddenly on Team Jedi Kill? Right? Only way to save Padme and the society he's been fighting for. Oh, golly. That's barely present. Like, it would have made more sense. It would have made more sense for him to convert... He could. He got. He maybe. Let's say he gets kind of wounded by Windu, and 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 Palpatine helps him and gets him into a place, and then Palpatine orders sixty six, and Palpatine goes in and kills the kids and wipes the Jedi out. You establish him as an absolute menace. Like, oh my gosh, Palpatine is freaking nuts he's the man behind the curtain look how evil he is and anakin's like oh i got kind of injured by windu and then when he comes back he thinks oh no what's going on the jedi are bad i gotta save padme and then you have the face off with obi-wan kenobi it's like he's suddenly on team palpatine to the point that he's like listen i got no problem going and mowing and just slicing kids up like a salad shooter because you know, I'm scared that Padme might die. He thinks a dictator is the answer. Not to redirect my thoughts on Rogue One. Rogue One is arguably one of the best Star Wars films ever made. It's up there with Empire. It is wonderful Star Wars. One of the best parts is let them pass in peace. That scene is phenomenal. I am one with the force. Oh my god. 
Oh, it's so good. I get tingles in that scene because I'm like, this is Star Wars. This mysterious, unexplained, the force is this mystical thing. You can feel it in the wind. You can feel it in the air. You can feel it when Obi-Wan says, Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's He hasn't gone by that name in such a long time. This little flute plays in the background. You sense there's this mystery, like there's this mystical reality that's not quite tangible and grabbable. And Rogue One's like, yep, yeah, it's kind of there, kind of out of scene, kind of out of frame, but buddy, it's there. And then what do we get in episodes one, two, and three? Your midichlorian count is 85. You are force level six. And Anakin tells Dooku, like, I've doubled my power since we last faced. What, do they hook you up to a machine? And they and how do you know that? What the frick does that even mean? Who wrote that line? They take the Force, and they turn it into, like, experience points in an RPG. You know? Man, you got a real, got a real head start here, Anakin. Yeah, you're a level one, but you got, like, 28 unspent skill points. Your midichlorian count is so high that, like... If you compare how Rogue One and, like, A New Hope, how they treat the Force, and then look at how the Force is treated in Episodes 1, 2, and 3, I don't care how good you think Episode 3 is, they run ripshod over all the lore, all the mystery, all the creativity, all of the cool factor is ruined, absolutely ruined in Episode 1, 2, and 3. So... You, you got a slightly redeeming fight and face-off between Anakin and Obi-Wan. It doesn't undo everything they did up to that point, right? Like, if you beat the snot out of me and take my wallet and then at the very end of it hand me a Band-Aid, I'm not like, that fixes everything, bro. Thank you. I appreciate that. You really undid what you, what you, how much you hurt me. How much they hurt the franchise, the stories, the characters, and the arcs. None of that's redeemed in Episode 3 having, like, a decent face-off. The music in the face-off between Obi-Wan and Anakin is pretty dope. Like, Hayden Christensen kind of proves in that sequence that he can be extremely dark and scary and maniacal. But it's so fast that it's like, I, I don't care. I'm like, this literally, like, if somebody flipped a switch in him, bad now. It's like, this was supposed to be an insane transition. It wasn't supposed to be so fast. Just like they had the potential with Luke to make Luke like a gray Jedi, make him question everything, like, really show how low he got. Somehow Obi-Wan and Anakin were equal in terms of the Force. I think Obi-Wan, didn't it? He's supposed to be really strong in certain aspects, but really weak in others because he kind of gets busted up by Dooku like two different times. I'm mostly mad these days because of how badly they wasted Ming-Na Wen as Fennec in Book of Boba Fett. She's so great, and that entire show is a dumpster fire. Well, I think they're going to give her her own show or something. She'll be recurring character or get her own show. Um, That's what I think they're going to do with her. Still disagree that Anakin's fall was too fast. It makes sense that he was consumed by the dark side. I just don't see any evidence of care. They didn't take any care. Think of it this way. They knew what where he was going to end up. 
so they don't have to spend any time convincing you. Like, from a writer's perspective, right? Think about what narrative armor does. So, when you know... When they do, like, a flash-forward in a show or, like, a flashback, that narrative armor can make some of the tension not hit. Why? Well, you're like, I know this guy doesn't die. You know, he's dangling off a cliff or someone's got a blade to his throat or whatever. And you're like, yeah, that okay, there's not a lot of tension here because I know this guy survives. Like, there's too much narrative armor. You know too much. I think the exact same dadgum thing happened with Darth Vader. You know too much. So as a writer and a director, you can be incredibly freaking lazy. You don't have to lay any groundwork for his transition at all. You just have to be... It's so it's so dadgum simplistic. It's the same problem with Logan as Wolverine, and it's the same problem with Christian Bale's Batman in A Dark Knight. You just use the cheesy, cliche love angle. Well, he really loves Padme, and he heard that he might be able to prevent death with the dark side. Like that's all he needed to be like, yeah, dude, I'm gung ho about this stuff. I've spent my entire life learning that it's bad and evil and terrible, but, uh, I might be able to save my, my honey, my honey from dying. So that's all I need. Like it's the same dumb thing they did with Logan. You make Logan this 500 year old weirdo, creepy guy who won't leave, you know, Jean Grey alone after seeing her once. He's like, yep, you're pretty, so that's the only motivation I need to act weird and ignore your request to stop. Oh, and we're going to do the same thing with The Dark Knight. Here's Batman. Uh, You know, he's supposed to be consumed by vengeance and guilt and shame over his parents' death and questioning whether or not he's actually helping Gotham. But instead, the most major point of of angle and turn in his character, the the centrality and orbit of Bruce Wayne is freaking Rachel Dawson. Like, they do the same thing in all these stupid horribly lazily written characters in movies just use a love angle it's what ruined the second wonder woman movie it's like well the only way to make wonder woman compelling or interesting is they have her orbiting around a guy chaos with a ten dollar tip did a school report on episodes five uh through six for film class the only good episode uh was five the others are meh thank you for the ten dollar tip yeah empire strikes back guys can we get 200 likes on the video we're, we're being scrappy today. We're kind of turning this stream's rudder a little bit. We get 20 more likes. We'll hit 200 like milestone. If you haven't hit subscribe, hit subscribe so you can talk in the chat. Take my poll. Let's check the poll results here. I want to see 500 results after an hour. We're about 30 minutes in on the poll. So be sure to take the poll. Which trilogy do you like the best? There we go. Now we're, now we're cooking with gas. We got some subs. We got some movement here. Uh, entire characters omitted. They tossed some bits, but they skipped the most important parts because they were too lazy. That's what I'm telling you. They didn't have to convince you that Anakin was turning because you know he will turn. They can just freaking make it lazy. They can lazily write him. You're going to try and tell me that the writing for Anakin is good in episode two? I will literally laugh at your attempts to tell me he was well-written for episode two. That should be a huge turning point for his character, and it's literally the worst of the three. It's so bad. So bad. Thank you, Lono. I've been saying that. Joker made the Dark Knight. Without the Joker, the Dark Knight would have been mid. Oh, very mid. It's why the third movie is so bad. 
They were going to crutch. They were going to totally put they were going to totally put the Batman franchise on Heath Ledger's back. That third movie is so freaking terrible. If you like my glasses, they're gunner optics. The, the commands that cycle down in the corner, you can type these commands in chat if you want to support the channel by uh, supporting one of our sponsors, whether it's my shirt, the displates, my glasses. Buy some of the coffee. That's not a sponsor. That's ours. My wife and kiddos ship it to you. We'd love to see five coffee orders a day. The balanced acidity makes it some of the most drinkable coffee you're ever going to have. Be careful ordering it because a lot of people get hooked. They don't, they don't buy or drink other coffee after they get on ours consider doing a membership we'd love to get five coffee orders a day and five members a day uh because we do not disrupt this live environment with uh with advertisements so we got to get support in those other ways you try being a jedi padawan at 19 and never seen a crush in your life i'll defend the prequels and originals to the death yeah, well, I, I'll, I'm telling you, there's so many film critics that'll make mincemeat of you. There's also fans that'll make mincemeat of you. Like, just film critics alone will rip those movies to shreds. Just somebody analyzing pacing, uh, you know, script. There was a wonderful observation in a, in a critique I just saw of these movies. And he basically said... There's never any moments where they're just sort of sitting around thinking through why they're doing what they're doing or why or why what's going to happen. It all consists of them sitting around talking about the plot and what's going to happen next and their plan and what they're going to do next. Film critics are stupid. Oh, come on. So people that literally go to school and study film and study Citizen Kane and study movie directing and screenwriting and scripting and character arcs and how to tell compelling stories, they don't know anything. You're just going to dismiss their education, their intelligence, their ability to break down why some movies work and are compelling and do really well and are beloved and are timeless and and some movies are not. Critics just don't know what they're talking about. It It sounds like you're trying to get out from under legitimate criticisms of these movies because you like them. Have you watched Citizen Kane? I... I think I've seen parts. I, I've watched Casablanca, and I think if you watch like a breakdown of like what makes Casablanca such a timeless and good movie, I'm telling you, there is there there is an objective study to filmmaking. There's ways to say this makes a movie good, this makes a movie bad. This is how you write it. This is how you compel. This is how you pace the story. This is how you do scene transitions. Like there's there's an art to it. Considering Star Wars has never been cinematic masterpieces, I don't care about critics. People want to hate on film critics and then want to say crap like Morbius is a good movie. <laughs> Who cares what other people think? We like those movies. It seems like you're trying to change our opinion. Listen, I'm going to be straight up with you. I'm not trying to change your opinion and I'm going to tell you why. If you like episodes 1, 2, and 3, we are not even on the same wavelength of, of Star Wars fandom. We're not. And let me explain what I mean. You're like me with respect to the Marvel movies and the Marvel TV shows. You give me more Marvel, I'm happy. I'm a man of simple taste when it comes to Marvel. Why? I grew up thinking the characters look cool. I watched the Uncanny X-Men. I think Marvel's dope. That's the extent of my Marvel knowledge. So what does that do to my fandom? 
Well, it makes it a little bit more simplistic. I'm easier to please, right? You show me a Marvel show, I'm going to watch it, I'm going to enjoy it. I thought Falcon and Winter Soldier was great. I thought WandaVision was great. I thought, you know, Hawkeye was great. I'm very easy to please in Marvel realm. You're like me in Star Wars. So the really hardcore Marvel fans are never going to convince me that some of the shows were bad or some of the movies or decisions are god-awful. They're not going to convince me of that. Why? I'm not on their wavelength of fandom. So I'm not on your wavelength of fandom. I'm not. Like, I can't be like, yeah, it's more Star Wars. I'm happy with more Star Wars. No. One, two, and the three are the same as four, five, and six, but you're just caught up in your nostalgia. Thank you for dismissing my entire opinion with a condescending, you know, uh, summary of what I think just in time. It's a real winsome way to argue. Frick you. That's not what it is. I was a teenager and went to the theater, watched episode one, and all my friends thought it was amazing. And I was like, I don't think so. I wasn't blinded by my nostalgia as a teenager. Like, I grew up with the movies, grew up with the movies, go to the theater to see episode one. I got in my friend's car and I was like, I think that was a bad movie. He was like, what? Huh? How is it bad? We all grew up with it. We were all huge Star Wars fans. They loved it. My one friend saw Phantom Menace like 13 times in the dadgum theater. You're dismissing opinions too? No, I'm not. Have I once said you only like one, two, and three because you're uh, you're stupid, or you only like one, two, and three because um, you d- you didn't grow up with four, five, and six? No, I said we're on different wavelengths of fandom. I said you are like me. I'm trying to create an empathetic empathy pathway. You're like me with Marvel movies and Marvel TV shows. My wavelength of fandom there is just a little bit more simple. Like you show me more Marvel, I'm happy. And there's plenty of people that are like, you show me more Star Wars, I'm happy. You know, they probably weren't that critical of Book of Boba Fett. I liked a lot of Book of Boba Fett because I'm kind of similar to that now with the shows. I'm like, yeah, you you tell me more Star Wars and it's it's in the wavelength of like Mando and Rogue One. I'm, I'm going to be happy. I'm saying you're nostalgia for four, five, and six. They have the same terrible dialogue. That's not true at all. Empire Strikes Back holds up to film critique these days, and so does Jedi. Jedi's main fault is the Ewoks. Episode one, I'm sorry, episode four, New Hope, gets a little cringy at times. But it, if you're going to sit here and try and tell me that episodes four, five, and six have the same bad dialogue of episodes one, two, and three, then I, I literally can have no respect for your opinion. There, that that is that is a ludicrous claim. That's not even opinion. That's not subjective. Like, objectively, to try to claim that episodes 1, 2, and 3's bad writing is equal to the bad writing of 4, 5, and 6 is laughably inaccurate. Any film critic worth their weight would be like, no. No, no. As far as script quality and decisions within writing, no. The episodes 1, 2, and 3 are measurably bad with respect to the script, the pacing, and the writing regardless of just if you're a Star Wars fan or not. There's plenty of movie critics that just watch the movies that are like, what the frick? This is so bad. This is so poorly written. What do you mean? There were people that had nothing to do with Star Wars that watched these movies that were like, they're just absolutely terrible. They're not well written. They're not well made. You can't go back to like four, five, and six and be like, oh, but there's a couple cringy lines where Luke is really whiny. Okay. Go back and watch all of them. You're conflating the two together. Dialogue is not script, pacing, and story. 
I'm not conflating because poorly written dialogue is the script. So dialogue is the script and it does affect pacing and it does affect the ability of the actors to convey the emotions or like the directing of like, hey, you need to deliver this line. I hate sand. Like it's coarse, it's rough and it gets in everything. Like who wrote that down and thought that was well-written dialogue? Like find me a line that's like that in episodes four, five, and six. And it's not even like one line, like consistently just like really, really poorly written story does not equal dialogue you're going off on red herrings because I think deep down you know the dialogue in 4, 5, and 6 is not even close to the dialogue in 1, 2, and 3 it just simply isn't there's there's no comparison there is no comparison like now this is pod racing let's do a barrel roll like come on where are those moments in 4, 5, and 6? Where? Like, like, just imagine, okay, so you introduce Han Solo, right? Han Solo, Harrison Ford, swagger, all this stuff, sitting there, being super arrogant, talking to Chewie after they walk away, like, all those lines are so well written. Just break them down from a purely dialogue standpoint, okay? And then go to any of the scenes between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. It's 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 not comparable. It has nothing to do with my nostalgia. Just purely look at the script alone. Just look at the scripts. They're they're terrible in in 1 2 and 3. My issue isn't with the half di- half butted dialogue. It's with skipping 12 years of the story. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I actually kind of like on paper, I like the idea of finding Anakin as a boy and getting him out of there and that really shaping his fear and his loneliness and his awkwardness in episode two, right? You think I'm a young kid who loves a sequel, who just loves sequels. I love one through six. I'm only to be fair to all. I didn't say that you were a young kid. I never once said that. I said we're on different wavelengths of fandom. There are people who love Star Wars so much and grew up with Star Wars and they think episodes 1, 2, and 3 are great. They're on a wavelength of fandom that, like, Star Wars is great pretty much no matter what. I'm that way with Marvel. So I'm not being condescending to your opinion or your fandom. I'm saying it's a wavelength of fandom that I don't share. I can't watch a movie with horrible dialogue writing and incredibly cringy scenes and be like well there's one or two scenes with Luke that are like this in New Hope that's fine no all of Empire isn't like that virtually all of Jedi isn't like that you got three movies of just cringe worthy bad dialogue and uh, honestly making really good actors look bad on screen is a gift because Hayden Christensen's actually a good actor. So is Natalie Portman and Ewan McGregor. And making them look bad on screen, that's a gift as a writer and a director. You gotta be bad. You gotta be really, really bad to make these people look bad on the screen. It's not even that bad. Sure, it didn't ruin Hayden Christensen's career, except it did. It didn't ruin the kid's career who played Anakin in the first movie, except it did. 
They were so bad that it like literally ruined Hayden Christensen's career. But I guess it's him. It's all on him, right? He was he's just a bad actor. Except you can watch other movies with him where he does he he does a completely fine job with his acting. Ewan McGregor doesn't look bad in it. Oh no, there there are scenes at least in the Phantom Menace. I think from episode two and on, Ewan McGregor does a fine job. There are some really rough scenes for Ewan in the first movie. It's it 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 can be pretty rough, and it's not his fault. It's not it's not his fault. The script is so awful. Harrison Ford literally got like a career. He became huge. American Graffiti and Star Wars like sets him up. Now I don't know a lot of the other characters uh, like Billy D. Williams I think did pretty well. I know that like Mark Hamill got I think more into voice acting and Carrie Fisher I don't think they did a whole lot after the Star Wars movies but the episodes 4, 5, and 6 certainly did not ruin their careers. It basically set them up for life because they were so insanely successful. Episodes 1, 2, and 3 basically capitalize on the franchise popularity and completely ruin everything. Like, you can't defend midichlorians. You can't. You can't defend the the Yoda puppet in episode 1. You can't. You can't defend some of the scripting choices with, like, what the frick? Why would someone say that? It's so out of the... It's so odd. Like, there's so many decisions creatively from a writing perspective, from a pacing perspective... And from lore decisions that are just indefensible. Hey, yeah, we have all this mystery, all this mysticism, and uh, yeah, no, we know we're gonna no, we're gonna completely break all those fourth walls. All those veils are getting torn. I was having a date night last night when I came back to see a radio topic. I wish I could have been there, seeing as I personally have done research into CP- CBD at my uni labs. Yeah, but I mean, CBD wouldn't have necessarily touched down on our debate with respect to, you know, drug legalization and human dignity being in conflict. Like, you can't legalize heroin and, and meth if you believe in human dignity, right? Like, the idea of decriminalization is built on human dignity, and human dignity wouldn't allow for that. I don't know. CBD might have been an offshoot. It might have been an offshoot. I would have been interested in your research, though. You can defend midichlorians. It's George's story. That was his story all along. So you, I'm supposed to believe that in episodes 4, 5, and 6, the whole time, George Lucas is thinking, yeah, there's midichlorians. You can hook somebody up to a machine and measure how strong they are in the Force. He was thinking that the entire time. Defending it by being like, oh, it's George's story. So you think when he went back into the original trilogy and he put that stupid little furball in Jabba's palace, who's like, yeah, and he like sings, and they add this like CGI little idiot. You think that was a good creative decision? You think it was a good creative decision to completely edit the Han Solo Greedo scene where Han Solo's head goes like this? Like, apparently Han Solo has Jedi reflexes, and he, like, me like, dodges a 24-inch blaster shot. Just, bing! Just moves his head, moves his head across a table. He does that, and then makes Greedo most recently say, McClunky. You think George should be trusted with his story and his creative decision-making? You think he he makes good decisions. He reached into the original trilogy and he put 
He put Jabba in Mos Eisley and Harrison Ford steps on his tail. Han me boogie. What the frick? You honestly think you you think he's to be trusted. Oh, it's his story. So he can do whatever the frick he wants. Why? I think the reasons he made the Han changes make sense, but the CGI sucks. <laughs> okay. Th- this is good. This is good. See, this is the, you're on the fandom wavelength that George can do no wrong. Okay? You're on that wavelength. George can do no wrong. So he can quite literally change the introduction of a character, and that character's introduction is vastly important to everything that happens afterward. He's arrogant, he's cocky, and he is brutal. He's a scoundrel. He literally kills Greedo in cold blood. Bounty Hunter doesn't let the guy shoot. Like, total upset of what you expect of a hero in a western. He doesn't let the other guy shoot. It's not a duel. It's dishonorable. That's the point! That's the point of Han Solo as a character arc. He is a scoundrel. He only cares about money. He's self-interested. Where'd you dig up that old fossil? And then he saves the day at the end. You uproot all of that when you're like, well, we gotta let we gotta let Greedo shoot first. What the frick? Go edit out his language then. Don't let him call Obi-Wan an old fossil. Don't let Han be only interested in money. Just ruin every aspect of his character then. It makes no sense. I don't think George can do no wrong, but he can do what he wants with the story. It's your decision to like it or not? No, I completely disagree from an artistic standpoint. If you're going to make a book, story, or movie, and it becomes super popular, and years later, you go back and fundamentally change a character, that is absolutely indefensible. You should not do that. It's so stupid. It's artistically bankrupt. Technically, they shot at this. They shoot at the same time now. Lamau, you be sounding like someone who hates everything because it ain't the OG trilogy. You sound like somebody who dismisses someone's opinions when it's too hard to grapple with what I'm saying. You sound weak. I'm not saying that only the OG trilogy is good. I loved Rogue One. I actually really like Solo, surprisingly enough. I love Mando. I love about half a book of Boba Fett. I don't only love what the OG trilogy is. I actually thought Force Awakens was a great launching pad for the new trilogy. So you sound dismissive and ignorant. I'm, I'm not only on the OG trilogy bandwagon. It's, it's, it is quite literally the fabric of Han Solo's character at the beginning of the movie to shoot Greedo in cold blood. And if you think changing that is his right and it's no big deal, that's why you just dismiss movie critics because you don't understand good storytelling and why you can ruin good storytelling with those types of changes. You simply don't understand it. Did you also like the final season of Game of Thrones? Like, like you can't do that. It's fundamentally destructive to go back and be like, yeah, we're just going to change this. Han doesn't shoot first. It's fundamental to his character.
Aren't you supposed to be talking about Lego Star Wars? And if you don't like all Star Wars movies, you're not a real Star Wars fan? Well, the thumbnail says movie debate. Can you read? You probably can't read if you liked episode one, two, and three. So you think the script's genius, right? Do you struggle to read? Because my thumbnail says movie debate. Do you not even like episode three? No. Episode three is tepid water coming out of a desert of crap. It's tepid water. It's not good. It only is refreshing because of how bad one and two is. That's what's so funny. That's what's so funny is people passively admit that episode one and two are absolute trash can fires because they're like, well, episode three is the best. If you think episode three is the best of the trilogy, you just inadvertently admitted that episode one and two are absolute garbage fires because three is barely functional as a movie. (laughs) If that's the best. I love all three. At least you're consistent. I would rather have somebody be like, episodes one, two, and three are great. But when people are like, yeah, episodes one and two aren't so hot, but three really saves the day, get the frick out of here, man. It's a (laughs) terrible... It's a terrible trilogy. Episode three is the second best Star Wars movie in existence right behind Empire. (laughs) Yeah. Despite all of fandom and movie critics and review scores. Sure. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. It's better than Rogue. It's better than Rogue One. (laughs) Come on. Come on. (laughs) Oh, I mean, it's not hard to put three near the top. I will give you, I will give you that. It's not hard to put three near the top because there aren't a ton of great Star Wars movies. The bar isn't very high. Like Empire's the best. Rogue One's up there, followed by New Hope, Jedi. And then I guess episode seven, eight and nine are an absolute travesty. So yeah. Episode 3 is close to the top only because it's not competing with much. As a Star Wars fan, I have to be honest about that. It's, it's not competing with much. Jedi's pretty weak. New Hope's okay. 8 and 9 are absolute garbage. 7 is shaky. It was a decent launch pad, but it was absolutely cut down by Episode 8. The reason why some like the prequels is because they're mostly chained together cool moments. Yeah, I mean, again, if you watch anybody break it down, they talk about how they speak in a weird way, like the dialogue is even delivered. Oh, it's supposed to sound Shakespearean, and it just sounds awkward and weird. You know what I mean? You love to play both sides to your benefit. Talking about critics, ETC, but then also you say you hate The Last Jedi, even though it's the highest rated Star Wars movie by critics. Weird. No, no, no. If you're going to run to Rotten Tomatoes... That's that's always one of the best things to check on Rotten Tomatoes is critics versus the audience. So you can't you cannot every time rely on critics. When I consult the critics of the prequels, I'm not consulting Rotten Tomatoes. Again, your presumption is hilarious. It's amusing to me how presumptive you are. You presume that I thought you were young. I didn't presume that. You presume that I'm referring to Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not. I'm referring to like actual movie critics educated in film direction writing and all that breaking down the prequels 
Not no, just critics. They love the Last Jedi. That's no, that's not true. The Last Jedi is not universally loved by critics. That's false. You're gonna cher- you're gonna che- I mean, you want to cherry pick Rotten Tomatoes? Sure, Rotten Tomatoes. It fared well, and then the fans hated it. Like, look at the chasm between Last Jedi and the critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Those people, they love The Last Jedi? No, they don't. I've watched pl- plenty of well-educated film critics that do not like The Last Jedi. That's false. I'm sure there are some that do like it. A copyright claim was created for... I knew this was going to be a, a, a problem. I wonder if we can turn off the classic Star Wars music. Hey, we got two coffee orders already. I forgot to shout these out. Thank you so much for two bags of light roast from Rudy. Rudy with two bags and a bag of light roast to Dylan. There's our first two coffee orders of the day. Can we get three more? Can we get five coffee orders for the day? How about some new members? We haven't had any new members. Lego or Star Wars? I recorded the first 20 minutes of uh, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. And as I was playing, I was like, this music's going to be a problem. I wonder if you can go into the settings and turn off the classic music. Because it'll, it'll absolutely murder our monetization, which means YouTube won't recommend the video. You, YouTube will murder a video's recommend if you, if you can't monetize it. That's my point. Critics and actual Star Wars fans do not align, but you're trying to argue that it's a worthy argument against why some Star Wars is bad. I mean, if you're going to cherry pick The Last Jedi, you're not, you're not dealing with what I said. When you analyze from purely from a script writing perspective talk to anybody who is educated in writing a good script episodes 1, 2, and 3 are awful now if you want to zoom all the way out and find critics that are like oh the last Jedi is great it's creative, it subverts expectations blah 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 because listen, Ryan Johnson is a fantastic director Knives Out is wonderful Okay, so sure At a film critic level, I'm sure the critics analyzing The Last Jedi in a vacuum found things about it that were good. The reason that The Last Jedi is disliked by fans has nothing to do with film criticism. It has everything to do with completely destroying the first movie. Not the first movie, but the setup. So the dislike of The Last Jedi is not done at a film critic level. It's done on the level of, what the frick are you doing? Why did you do this? It doesn't make sense. It's a nonsensical movie. If you critique it in a vacuum as a film critic, I'm sure that the script, the pacing, the writing, the directing, the cinematography, I'm sure it's worthy of praise. If you purely look at it in a vacuum... But you can't analyze it in a vacuum because it's a trilogy. The, okay, I'll give you an example of where the fandom got this wrong with Empire Strikes Back. When Empire Strikes Back released theatrically, a lot of people disliked it. Why? Because they didn't have the whole trilogy yet. So they felt like the ending was incredibly dissatisfying. So they critiqued it outside of it being part of a trilogy and they weren't fair to it. Just like if you critique The Last Jedi outside of it being a part of a trilogy, it's not a fair judgment of the movie. It's it's not. 
Matt with 15 months. Woot woot. Thank you for 15 months, Matt. Clone Wars is just the best there is. This is very true. This is the way. You're talking about the cartoon, right? Are you talking you're not talking about episode two, are you? <clears throat> so that's why you have to consider you can't just critique a, a a a trilogy, a movie in a trilogy in a vacuum. You just you just can't. I don't know why people care so much about others' opinions. It doesn't make sense. It's like you're trying to get us to not like episodes one, two, and three. I'm not trying to get you to dislike it I'm trying to show you why they're bad you're allowed to like things that are bad you know that right like I can watch movies and be like I know this is a pretty bad movie or it's pretty cheesy and corny but I just love it right there's a lot of like 90s action movies and 90s comedy movies that are pretty bad they didn't age very well they're not the greatest movies but I might watch them purely because like I like them anyway. I like them in spite of being bad. There are plenty of people that like the prequels and are like, yeah, there's it, they're pretty bad. There's a lot of bad stuff in there, right? There's plenty there's plenty of stuff in there that you can like got to eat around the writing, the pacing is so awkward. It's supposed to be a kids movie and yet they're talking about, you know, trade tariffs and all this stuff. It's like, what is this? Is this a kids movie or not? And we're trying to tell you how 4, 5, and 6 are just as bad, but we also love them just the same. No, I don't think so, because 4, 5, and 6 were made in a completely different ethos and epoch of film. So no, you can't say that. Star Wars 4, 5, and 6 are literally, single-handedly, probably the most influential films ever made. With respect to the their pioneering and special effects, they influenced an entire generation and industry of filmmaking they are industry disruptive films so no you can't be like four five and six are equally as bad that there are there are 18 reasons and levels as to why star wars four five and six stand apart in the history of film (laughs) they stand apart in the history of film as far as like what they did at the box office as far as what they did from special effects as far as spawning an entirely new genre there, there's absolutely influential because of storytelling uh, I'm sorry because of special effects not storytelling well not every movie is going to be influential because of storytelling it's hard to really find movies that are influential because of storytelling like storytelling is largely you know predictable and and canned in a lot of movies like there are there are very very few movies that you could say oh this movie was super influential in the realm of storytelling right Joe coming in with the first new membership of the day. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. You're dope and deserve dope stuff, Joe. Thank you for that. Enjoy the badge. Christopher, renewing that membership. Eight months. Avatar stands apart in the history of film. Uh, It's not a great story. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I don't think I've once said that episodes four, five, and six were monumental and influential because of their story. I actually think it's a pretty original story in some respects. It obviously borrows from westerns, and a lot of the setups are are, are basically frame-to-frame shots from other movies because of the influence of, of spaghetti westerns at the time. However, I, I don't think that... I don't think I'm arguing that, like, oh, these films were incredibly influential because of their storytelling. What I was debating was how how bad or good is the script, right? 
The first look is going to be DOA because of the music, not running it. <laughs> Why not run it and experiment? It's a small channel. It's not a big channel. Take 20 minutes of work from a, 30 minutes of work from this morning and throw it in the trash? Just see. Just see if it does okay. All these other people uploaded uploaded footage. Didn't they have the music playing? MK Ice and Fire uploaded footage. Did he have the music muted? I would be interested, Creature. Can you see if MK Ice and Fire had the original music playing or did he go through and change a setting? Because his video got like a million views. What do you think of the prequel CGI? Oh my gosh, it's terrible. It's so overdone and overbaked. This is why Rogue One and Mandalorian are better. Yo, it's good to Shibo. Are you in the Lego games? Yeah, I played the original uh, Star Wars Lego games with my kids and my wife. I really like them. How do the channels work that listen to an album live and do first impressions? They probably don't monetize. Pretty sure he had it turned off or down. Dad gummit. I mean, obviously I'll do that when I when I boot up and and play in a little bit here. Um Avatar writers, hey, we need a name for this uh, mineral that's really hard to get. How about unobtainium? <laughs> Where's Titanic 2? Um also because of the movie score, Lucas went super risky by putting an orchestral score in a movie in that era of synth and digital scores. He brought orchestral scores into the forefront. You have to turn the music off? Golly. Yeah, I'll restart. I'll restart so you guys can see the open. Lona, let's be honest. The CGI from 2000s was always trash. Not saying it doesn't mean trashy because of the same, uh, it's just the some context. Oh, I wasn't saying that the CGI was bad from a quality standpoint. I think the CGI in episode 1, 2, and 3 is bad because there is so freaking much of it. Somebody analyzed that. They talked about how it creates this cold and un... It doesn't feel organic or real because they're just constantly stepping into like a green screen area. But when you watch A New Hope, and they're actually in a desert area and it's rocky and awful and gritty and Luke looks at the two suns, right? There is there is something about that that's like gritty and real. This is why Rogue One and Mando feel so good. It's re- it's a real set. It's like you can it feels old, it feels gritty. Something about Star Wars and the gritty nature of of the areas and the feel of the ships and everything is kind of everything's kind of run down and old it feels mysterious like where do these ships come from what era is this? where are we in the universe and then you go into episodes one two and three and it's like every ship is crystal and clean every environment is fake the, well yeah i mean there's some desert area when they go uh to um where do they go? It's Jakku with her. It's Tatooine, isn't it? Yes, yeah, Tatooine. Like, no, it's not Tatooine. Is it? In episode one, I feel like it's a different planet where they do the pod racing and stuff. But that wouldn't make any sense. Isn't the whole point that he goes back? It's the city, maybe. The city name is tripping me up. They go to Tatooine, but the city name and the settlement's got some kind of a weird name. Um... 
Because Ray is on Jakku. It's Tatooine, but what's the area that they land in? It's got like a weird name. That's probably the only time where they're like in like a real uh, deserty area. Moss Espa, that's it. Yeah, because Moss Eisley, Moss Espa, they put Moss in front of stuff there. Right, because they mentioned, did they mention the Dune Sea? No, the Dune Sea was mentioned in uh, in Mando. So, the problem though is like 80 to 90% of, the, of episodes 1 through 3, it's all not real. It's all CGI. Everything feels cold and kind of like bland because it, it, isn't, it isn't real. And even the ships, even the ships and like how the ships look, whether you look at like the Millennium Falcon or you look at the X-Wings, even, you know, even the TIE Fighters. But then you look at how they, even in 7, 8, and 9, stuff looks a little too clean. Even even episodes 1, uh, 7, 8, and 9, it just looks a little bit too clean. What you're trying to describe is also the fact that 1 through 3 is not shot on film. It gives the movies a different feel, not just the CGI. Right, and I think 7, 8, 9 has a similar feel. It feels too clean. When they're on Jakku, it feels good, but a lot of the areas, like with the TIE Fighters and like Poe's uh, Pose X-Wing and Pose Helmet and stuff, it all just looks really clean, and it's like, I don't know. It's just, where's the gritty? It needs to feel gritty. Where's the realism? That's why I really, really liked Jedi Fallen Order because it brought some of the gritty back to Star Wars and that's why I thought Mando was so good. It's why Rogue One is so good. It brings it brings the gritty to the to the to the universe. It needs to feel kind of worn down and kind of like dangerous and it's mysterious. <clears throat> you don't really know how long it's been and you don't really have a frame of reference of where these people and places come from and this is this is what uh this is what episodes one through three feel like it feels like encyclopedia britannica you remember that where you'd go to like the library and you'd get out the encyclopedia and it would give you like a very superficial flyover of like a city so you'd have like really nice pictures of the city and all this very superficial information that's what episode one feels like. It's super superficial. You got midichlorians. You got all these characters that you, you, you're like, oh yeah, we need these characters in proximity. But it ends up feeling very superficial. There's even analyzation of like the emotions of the character. So like there are scenes where the, the characters don't react to things because it's all CGI. So like when they're in the ship with Jar Jar and Jar Jar's freaking out and there's, a, there's this giant fish chasing them. There's nothing tense about it. Compare that to when they're in the asteroid field or flying out of the of the asteroid worm or whatever it's called. Compare the intensity of like Leia being like, what? Or closer, like when C-3PO says closer, like I'm going to get closer to one of the bigger ones. And you can see this look of co- like concern on Han's face of like, this might not work out, right? They're selling you on the tenseness of the moment. Compare that to when they're in the ship with Jar Jar. It, it, again, they're just in this plastic hunk of junk with the green screen. Like, and I mean, I, I guess they weren't really in outer space when they were in the Millennium Falcon. Some of that, I think, is just acting and directing. You got to direct them. You got to sell us on the fact that you're in this asteroid field. You got to sell us on the fact that there's Minox on the ship, and you just discovered that you're not in an asteroid. You got to sell us on that. And then you watch this scene where you know Jar Jar is like, "Oh, we're gonna die," you know, and they're like. And Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, 
They don't react to anything. They're just sitting there looking around like just dead-eyed stared at everything. It and I, oh that they're but they're Jedi. What? Like so they're emo- like they're going to be literally emotionless all the time. There's going to be no look of gravity, no look of concern, no look of worry. Come on. That's such a unidimensional portrayal of Jedi. Yeah, always a bigger fish, you know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. They're uh, hard to act without props. Well, and I mean, but again, I think Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford and the voice actor for 3PO they really sell you on the fact that they're in an asteroid field that it's crazy what they're trying to do uh simple Darth Jar was suppressing their emotions <laughs> I absolutely I absolutely hate that theory um if you're tuning in for Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga we will be jumping into gameplay but we wanted to debate the movies and I cannot believe how much of a tie it is which Star Wars trilogy is your favorite um, and does this affect your I'm actually curious if you've played the Lego Star Wars game the new one or the old one does your love of the episodes affect which games you like right because I can't believe episode 1 through 3 and 4, 5, and 6 are practically tied it's unbelievable to me when you spent your life in danger what's a big fish in a boat <laughs> I, I the thing is is Creating reasons for bad directing or bad acting doesn't make it better. Right? It doesn't make it better. Like, you don't watch that scene and think, ah, they have the serenity and the calm of a of a seasoned Zen warrior. No, they look like nothing is happening. That's what they look like. There, there, there's nothing in the scene to make you think these are Zen samurai-like emotionless warriors carved from stone. No, they literally look like they have. There's just nothing happening. It's flat. There's nothing going on. The prequels were not as good as the original trilogy, says Camille, but I think that people are more unfairly critical of the prequels than they are of the original trilogy. Like you find ten issues. Uh, and then you go looking for more. It's like minimal. I'm telling you, it's it, it's because there's so many things wrong with them. So, think about what limited... Think about what limited episodes 4, 5, and 6, right? What limited episodes 4, 5, and 6 was, especially 4 and 5, potentially budget... And special effects, like four was four was probably the most limited, like George Lucas was. Like he had to be more creative, and then after that, they were probably fine for funding. Right? They were probably good because the first movie did so well. So they were probably good to go with funding. You know, the production company probably came in and just wrote a fat check. I don't. I don't know the numbers on this. I've never actually studied it. However, the idea being that what likely held episode 4 back the most was budget and limited special effects so when you make episode 1 and you basically have a blank check for special effects for funding 
you you have you have a special effects army at your at your fingertips and that's what we got we got episode one like you look at episode one when it landed in the context of all those limitations being removed all those shackles being removed and it is inexcusable what came out it's it's not a good movie it's not done well like with a limited budget and taking a ton of risk and not being really sure if it was even going to work a new hope is at some levels like a new hope is like a masterpiece given the time that it came out and given their budget and their limitations a new hope is like a masterpiece it's like a cinematic masterpiece it changed movies and film for forever and episode one is just this forgettable, overbaked, over choreographed mess of confusing dialogue and, and and plot lines and uninteresting characters. That's why people don't seem to love the prequels because there were no limits. Well, think about it like this. I actually made a different argument. So in the realm of Rogue One, okay, I argued a long time ago. Here is why it what is it K2SO is that the name K2SO right yes okay so the reason that K2SO is absolutely brilliant for comedic relief and when you compare K2SO to Jar Jar Binks Jar Jar Binks looks like a box like a crackerjack box looks like a freaking throwaway joke and here's why K2SO has to be funny because of the limited context in which you have to work. It's a droid. It can't convey emotion. There's nothing here. You can't really do a ton of slapstick because of the fact that it's a droid, okay? Similarly to why C-3PO, C-3PO and R2 were a great mechanism for comedy because it limits what you can do, so you have to have really good, funny writing and really great line delivery. So K2SO is funny because it has to be funny. You can't lean on slapstick and CGI. You can't lean on cheap humor. It has to be funny because K2SO is so limited in how you can deliver the comedy, okay? This is why the original Star Wars movies are so much better. You were limited in what you could do back then, so you couldn't crutch it and lean on, we're going to wow them with special effects. We're going to wow them with CGI. No, you got to make a really good movie. You got to work. Fast forward to episode one. None of those limitations are there. Like, none of those limitations are there. It's like, we're completely unlimited in what we can do. So you're not forced to write really good comedy. You're not forced to get really creative with character arcs or stories or even establishing characters. Why? Well, number one, the characters already exist. We already know what's going to happen. We already know what's going to go on with Anakin. So you do not have to to create anything of substance, depth, or, or creative. You, you, you don't even have to be creative with your humor. You literally just create Jar Jar tripping on himself and dropping stuff. Stuff that my kids laugh at in like Kung Fu Panda is it's slapstick, you know, trip on yourself humor. That is why 
episodes 1, 2, and 3 fall so incredibly short. For the same reason that K2SO is way funnier than Jar Jar. For the same reason. When you're limited, you must rise to greatness. You must rise to excellence with respect to writing and directing and pacing and acting. Why? Because that's all you've got. The only way New Hope was going to be good is if it was creative and you had good writing and acting and a a compelling story and good pacing. It was only going to be good. And the the special effects certainly helped it because it probably blew people's friggin' minds. But it wouldn't have been good if Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and Mark Hamill were bad actors. If they were bad actors, New Hope wouldn't have survived. It would have been like, wow, it's amazing special effects, but it's an awful movie. There's plenty of sci-fi from back then that did cool stuff with special effects, but they're awful movies and they didn't survive. Because you have bad acting. Kung Fu Panda's kind of fire. I was just showing you that, like, in a movie like Star Wars, when you take that kind of slapstick humor, it feels so out of place. Yeah, you can play as Jar Jar in the Lego games, for sure. Yes. In the originals and in the new one, I'm fairly certain. Yes, you can. Yeah, I wasn't taking a shot at Kung Fu Panda. I was just saying that's the kind of stuff that, like, my kids laugh at. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's like, just, it's just lowbrow, easy slapstick humor. Like, there's, there's no, there's no depth to it. All of the stuff they did with K2SO was, uh, what? To confirm it's you? What are they doing? Why are they doing this? Uh, hang on a minute. I like went to check something on the back end on YouTube and it's like, we want to make sure it's you. Like, okay. I promise you it's me. There we go. Hang on. I got an email. Uh, a new sign in on window. That's not a new sign in. I use this computer all the time, Google. Settle down. What's a K2SO? K2SO is the droid in Rogue One. Arguably, arguably K2SO is the funniest is the funniest character or funniest use of comic relief in all of Star Wars. R2D2 and C3PO were funny because they were based on two buffoons from the Hidden Fortress uh, and were the central characters of the story. Two fools caught up in an epic adventure I have to tap that button 12 to 15 times a day for the last few weeks I've never had that happen yeah I wasn't taking a swipe at Kung Fu Panda it's contextually fitting in Kung Fu Panda to have people dropping, slipping, falling down or whatever and, and, and doing that type of humor it's totally fine it's like my kids recently rewatched Moana and I was struck by how funny it was as a movie when they did funny stuff with Hey Hey the Chicken and it's just that slapstick kind of goofy stuff or you know people getting smacked in the face or falling down but you throw it in a movie like Star Wars and it feels incredibly out of place you go from the comedic humor of C-3PO and R2-D2 or Harrison Ford saying you could use a good kiss and you go to Jar Jar it's, it's so no pun intended it's so jarring it's like this isn't what is this this is this is ch- childish humor 
And then you go to K2SO, and K2SO's writing, voice acting, and delivery 100% shows that whoever was in charge of Rogue One understood how to do comedy in the Star Wars universe. You have to obey the rules, right? It's like the comedy at the beginning of The Last Jedi with Poe. It feels like they're just biting on Marvel style. It, It was painfully obvious. I'm sitting in the theater and being like, oh, they're trying to do the Marvel thing. It, 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 it felt like Guardians of the Galaxy humor. You gotta work within your universe. You, you, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I can see what you're trying to do. You're trying to do Three Stooges slapstick fall on my face humor. You're, you're, you're trying to do Marvel humor. You, you, come on, what is this? This isn't, this isn't Star Wars. You're biting on somebody's comedic humor. You're biting on somebody else's comedic style. K2SO, uh, K2SO love, preach it. So what you're saying is, is Lucas shouldn't have written the prequels alone or directed them for that matter. I think this is what is always super important in any organization is people should stick to what they're good at. I think George Lucas is a great visionary and like world builder. I think he's super creative and I think he's a great visionary. I think he's a terrible director and writer. I think he's a terrible writer and director. He's too hands-on. He micromanages. What he did was... You, you gotta look at George Lucas in context, because I really love him as a director, and what he did for me is, you know... Um, what he did for me is... Did I just change the lighting? I did. That was super weird. Um, I was I like, freaked me out. You have to look at George Lucas in context. You have to think about all the things that he wished he could have done when he made the original trilogies, he could suddenly do those things. Now, he should have had the respect for the integrity and the art, and going back and cleaning things up is totally fine. Going back and changing things was a complete overstep. Then, he's in overdrive when he gets to episode one. He is in complete and utter overdrive. Everything needs to be a special effect. Everything needs to be super slick, polished, and cool, and nice looking. Why? He's overcorrecting from what frustrated him when he made A New Hope. So you got to look at him in context. you got to control him and say, listen, we understand why you have this drive. We understand why you feel the need to do this, but it's hijacking the movie. It's hijacking the creative process. You can't be the hands-on writer, director, special effects oversight. You can't do all of this. He touched way too much of the movie. Is any are there any other movies that are like that? Where like they like literally the director is doing everything? No, you typically have a really really good director working with a really really well-written screenplay and a really, really great script that might have had a team of writers, and then your CGI guys come in to support and add and enhance and make the scenes look good. Why? Everybody's sticking to their core competencies. Everybody's doing what they're good at. George Lucas, I think, has clearly displayed that he's not good at everything, as is the the case with pretty much every person in existence, right? Like, Empire Strikes Back is generally viewed as like the best movie and he didn't even direct it. He didn't even direct it. 
Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez. I don't know how hand Tarantino is definitely writer director. I definitely think there are people that are good at both. They're very good at both writing, directing, and and those two things going hand in hand. But that doesn't mean they're good at special effects. It doesn't mean they're good at um it doesn't even mean they're good at the, writing a script. They may be a great writer, but you still usually have a team of writers that, that, that turned into a very good script, a very good, like, taking it into the, the realm of film. Like, okay, you wrote something great here, but we, we kind of got to work on this. Some of this stuff's not working on screen. Some of the stuff's not working in the cold reads. We got we to gotta chop some of this up. Wonder Woman 2 is like that. Yeah, Wonder Woman 2 is two hands-on. So he's two hands-on, so like... If you look at episode one in that context, like everything makes sense. Everything makes sense. It's this giant overcourse correction, overreaction from George Lucas. Like everything that probably frustrated him or or um or felt like that he was restricted or held back or whatever the frick, like that is likely what fueled his his over tinkering because he tinkered with the original trilogy and everybody got really really mad there are so few fans of star wars that are like happy with all the tinkering he did if you like let's put down the prequel debate for a minute if you grew up with star wars the tinkering and the changes that he made I i can't see how you can like them or defend them he actually changed literal scenes just the whole scene is different now what Han shooting first is a great example Jabba showing up at Mos Eisley like what the frick is going on like what what is this the 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 new singing routine in Jabba's palace it's so difficult to defend those things like boy you over tinkered none of this stuff even makes any sense it feels so out of place George is still making changes to the originals till this day? I don't think so. I don't think he can touch them anymore, can he? Didn't one through three take place at the end of the High Republic era? I thought I read somewhere that Lucas was really trying to show how clean and nice things in that era were. I think you could have done it with less CGI, though. <laughs> George Lucas with a day zero patch. On shooting first was instrumental... And I'm to this day unwilling to accept any alternative. Han shooting first makes his character arc 100% better. Oh, yeah. Jabba showing up at Mos Eisley isn't a chain scene. It's a deleted scene. Are you sure about that? Because the original scene, they had, a really, they had a real dude standing there. Like an actual actor was standing there. So, yeah. It's a severely changed scene. <laughs> like steps on his tail. Whoa! <laughs> what the frick? <laughs> to be fair, all the tinkering in Strikes Back was widely praised. Okay, but in Strikes Back, the tinkering is more refinement than changing. Right? It's more refinement. Because he makes, he makes like stuff through the windows look nice, and like them flying into Bespin looks nice. There aren't any significant changes in in Empire that I know of. That was Jabba. Yeah, it's a significantly changed scene. They got to go in and they got to add this CGI Jabba and it looks freaking terrible. It looks as terrible as when 
he makes Greedo shoot first. When form was filmed, Jabba was a man. Right. So it's a significantly altered and changed scene. It's like, well, now we got to put Jabba in the frame and it ends up looking terrible. It's not worth it. You understand that it's evidence of over tinkering. I'm not saying that the scene wasn't original or whatever. I wasn't saying that. I was saying you act like it wasn't already filmed or something. No, again, you're just presuming and projecting. I never said it wasn't filmed and I wasn't acting like it wasn't filmed. I was couching it in the category of over tinkering. He was over tinkering so brazen and so confident in his ability to tinker with the movie. You're going to literally put Jabba over top of a human Jabba and we're going to make it work. And it doesn't work. It looks awful. Is gameplay going to be in 25 ish minutes? Um, we here, let's do this. I, I haven't scheduled it yet. I got to schedule it. I was couching it in the over tinkering category. It's proof that he was over tinkering. He can't stop messing with the movies. It wasn't in the film originally. He decided to add it. So many directors love to add deleted stuff back. I get that drive. Justin, I 100% get that drive and that vibe of like, oh, this was such a good scene. We can bring it back now, right? Like everybody loves watching a movie with everything that's meant to be there. Like, right? Like, everybody loves to go back, go, to go watch the DVD version, like, like with the Lord of the Rings, right? You get to see all the extra stuff, all the stuff didn't make the theatrical release. So I 100% get his motivation to do that. But the problem is, it's in that category of, bro, you're over tinkering. This looks terrible. It just shows that he doesn't have a critical eye. Like, You might have just made my argument a little bit better, right? His bias to add it back is so strong that it ruins his ability to have a critical eye. Like, nobody looked at that scene and thought, no, this just doesn't look good. I get that you really want to put it in here, George, but it generally looks really, really bad. I don't think it's worth putting it in. And think about it. His ability to be critical and to think, and apparently nobody can tell the man no, and he's like, nah, put it in there. Same goes for Han moving his head and Greedo shooting first. Same goes for the change to the uh, the singing sequence in Jabba's palace. How can you trust this man when he's consistently making so many bad decisions? It's just like admittedly being like, yeah, these scenes look really bad, but being like, no, yeah, George Lucas is great. Keep him in charge. The frick? The guy clearly is blinded by his own bias and his own newfound ability to tinker. You can't let him touch stuff. He can't control himself. In the UK at Christmas, Star Wars would be on TV without any scenes including rebellion fighters as it would... uh, it could have led to a monarchy revolt. Star Wars was only 43 minutes long here. Are you being serious or is that like a joke? Is that like from someone's, that sounds like something from like a stand-up routine or something. The clunky way Han walks over the tail cracks me up. Yeah, like, and you can clearly tell that Jabba's not there. It's so bad. 
Like, that's why I think you can't trust him. That's why I think you can't let him be in charge of anything, because he just doesn't have the ability to be even critical of his own decisions. It's like, well, let's do this, and let's do this, and let's do this. And then you look at it, and you're like, but it looks terrible. It's like, how can you look at those scenes and be like, yeah, this guy should be in charge of movies. He thought these he, these creative decisions were good. They look awful. Oh, Hilly's joking. Tarantino's the exact opposite. He said he didn't do a director's cut of Pulp Fiction because he released the original movie exactly as he wanted, but he showed the deleted scenes just for us. Right, some people don't want to do that. They don't want to, like, they feel like they'd be, like, corrupting the art or whatever. If we could get, like, 30 more likes on, uh, on today's video, let's try to push to the next like milestone. Also, let's try to push to a member milestone. We need four more memberships and three more coffee sales. If you've ever considered ordering coffee or becoming a channel member here, do so. Help us with those daily goals that we're trying to hit each day. It's good that George is nowhere near Mando. Here's the thing. Here's what's funny. And I wonder if this is just true with any franchise. You can sense in Book of Boba Fett, you can sense hubris creeping in. You can sense this overconfidence creeping in. Oh, we can kind of do whatever the frick we want. We can have Boba Fett riding on a Rancor. We can have these Power Rangers on Vespas and the slowest chase scene in the history of film. You can sense the overconfidence creeping in. Yeah, man, we can have all these sequences with Luke. You know what I'm saying? You can sense it's starting to creep back in. It's like, man, we could do no wrong with Mando. Look at what we did. Oh my gosh. Luke Skywalker. We did it. It's just a lone X-Wing. Goosebumps. I got goosebumps. It's like, oh my gosh. And the music and the green lightsaber. And you're just thinking to yourself, this is it. We have pulled off something that probably felt like a dream before it happened. There's no way we're going to be able to pull this off. And you can sense, I think, a slight bit of hubris and overconfidence creeping in. You can sense it in Book of Boba Fett. Think about it. What did I say about episodes one through and three? You kind of already know. You kind of already have the grip. You're like, I know what's going to happen. And so they don't have to greet. They don't have to dig down that deep and do that great of a story. They don't have to dig down that deep and create really great, compelling scenes. It's all feels kind of lazy and half-baked, right? Book of Boba Fett's very similar in my mind. Well, we've established this world. We got Mando. It's dark. It's gritty. You know, people are going to love it. And so they got lazy with some of it. it. Some of it was paced really poorly. And they redeem it significantly with the scenes with Luke and Baby Yoda and Cad Bane. I know people got really critical of what Cad Bane looked like, but Cad Bane's voice acting in the scene, that scene was, that's got to be one of the best scenes as far as this, just not even trying to hide the fact that this is a Western. I thought it was brilliant. Is that a friendly advice or is that threat? Ooh! Ooh! Just so good! so well done so like I can kind of look the other way on Boba Fett a little bit but at the same time it's like I'm, I'm concerned already I'm concerned I'm big time concerned for uh, for Mando I'm concerned because like you get too confident and you feel like 
and it's almost like you don't you know I'm not a little boy any longer and you're an old man <laughs> I think they rushed Boba I, I, uh... hey, uh, Hayden is a force Anakin at the end of Return of the Jedi is a travesty why Hayden at the end of 6 made sense no it's so bad There's so many reasons why it's bad. You want to you want to know why it's really really bad for Hayden to be the Force Ghost? Because it undoes an a significant piece of the character arc and the lore, and it does it undoes the meaningfulness of that scene in light of what Luke always knew. There's still good in him. I can feel it. It's the whole tension of the face-off. And when Darth turns on the lightsaber behind Luke, Luke turns his back on him. Darth throws Palpatine over the ledge. You undo all of that. The impact of being like, there he is. There's the old man. That's an old man. That That's him. There was still good in him. And what do you do? No, basically, the last time he was good was when he was hating Christensen. Uh, this is what he looked like the moment before he killed um, the children. What the frick? No! There, there was still good in him. That's such a huge element of the complexity of Darth Vader and the mysteriousness of that, the mysticism of like his force goal ghost is like an old man. What? How long did he hold on to both? How long was he at war within himself? How long? We have no idea. It's mysterious. Well, now we know. Clear as crystal. Thank you, George. Thank you for removing any sense of mystery, mysticism, or anything mystical. Thank you. Just you completely remove any mystery now. Old Anakin had no limbs. Oh my gosh. Again, it's a force ghost. It's mysterious. It's cr- it's weird. It doesn't make quite any sense to us, right? It- it's... Ah. That's now removed from that scene. This idea of Luke was right. Luke was right. There is, there was still good in him for a really long time. Yo, what's good, Imori? It's a bad representation because even facing Ahsoka, he has doubt. Right? Yeah. uh. They showed that in the final episode of the Clone Wars where he finds uh, where he finds Ahsoka's lightsabers. You could see Anakin was still there. That's what I'm saying. Like shoving shoving a uh, a, a Hayden Christensen Force Ghost in that scene again. You're just you're over tinkering. You just removed all mystery. Now apparently your Force Ghost is like the I guess what like the last like really good version of you or something. The changes at the end of Jedi were so bad. 
the only changes I actually hate. What do you, so are you okay with the Greedo shooting first thing, Eugene? You think that's okay? You think Jabba being at Mos Eisley is okay? The special effects there? You think the new singing scene in Jabba's palace is okay? Oh, the original victory song was so good. Yeah, they're like drumming on the heads of the stormtroopers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't care enough about Greedo. Oh, gosh. Don't you see, though? You're ruin- You're literally messing and fiddling with character arcs. Seeing an old Anakin Force ghost. It's like, it creates this mystery of, my word, wh- how long was he at war with himself? How long, how, was, was, was he still good in the suit? Like, did he still see himself as that old man? Like, we don't know. It's never explained. Now we know. Nice and clean. Here's young Anakin. Oh, yeah. Han doesn't shoot first. This other guy shoots first. The f- What? It's so unnecessary. If you're going to go back and make a change, it needs to be adding depth or cleaning something up. That doesn't add depth. It removes depth. The Java scene is bad. The singing scene. Having Han not shoot first removes depth. It doesn't make him a mysterious scoundrel character anymore. Oh man, Luke, the main character, he's about to throw in with this bad guy. Eh, not so much. Yeah, he's kind of a jerk. He's kind of a jerk, but at least he let Greedo shoot first. We have this unrealistic... Wait, is Han Force-sensitive? How did he move that fast? It's, 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 it's gotta be one of the... It's gotta be one of the worst decisions ever. Don't forget about McClunky. Yeah, McClunky. Like... This is why you can't you, you can't let George Lucas touch the movies. You can't let him touch them because he thought those were good ideas and good scenes and good changes. You can't let him touch anything. In my opinion, there wasn't enough Darth Vader in Star Wars. I would love to see some dedicated Vader episodes. Oh, but that see, that's what makes him so good. He's so good as a villain. You're following sort of the it's in it's in it's somewhat inspired by Hitchcock. It's somewhat inspired by they did this in the original Alien movie, right? I don't know if this lines up. It probably doesn't. Alien original release. When did it originally release? 1979. Okay. New Hope was 77, was it not? Yeah. So Alien did this so much better and well not so much better. That's how you do it, right? That's how you do it. You almost never see the alien in Alien. Oh, it's so well done. Alien is another just cinematic marvel. It's so brilliant. It's really, really progressive because you have a strong female lead. She's not a cliche strong female lead. She shows fear. She's scared. But buddy, is she tough. Ripley is probably one of the greatest female strong lead characters if you want to model for how to make like an original creative new character that's a strong female lead just go watch Alien and then go watch Aliens plural Ripley is fantastic and Alien is beautifully is beautifully directed okay and that's what makes Darth so great just you don't really know you're left wondering you're left like confused like what was that scene where like putting his little helmet on what is going on who is this guy all mysteries removed in the prequels not there's not an ounce of mystery oh that's how he lost his limbs and that's why he's all burnt <clears throat> oh that's how they put him together cool all frankenstein no that's cool man 
All the mystery's gone. <laughs> no mystery at all. <laughs> you just see fully behind the veil. <clears throat> I love the movie Alien. What a masterpiece. It's really good. Imagine if they showed Anakin trying to force heal his mother and he fails. It pushes him a little more to the dark side because the light failed him. Yeah. I just watched a video by Chris Gore last night explaining that seeing the villain less can actually be better for the film because even when the villain is not seen, you know he's still creating cause and effect in the galaxy and the heroes are responding to that. It's part of what makes him a compelling villain. Yes, Chris Gore is so good on this. Like, you don't need to constantly see the villain. Don't. It's one of the reasons why the Joker is so effective in The Dark Knight. You're dying for another Joker scene. Right? You're dying for another Joker scene. Oh, he's so good. How about a magic trick? Right? You just, you want more Joker. And they don't give it to you. They don't. It, it, it's it's a good, it's a good level of withholding you you gotta make me want like oh man I wish there was a couple more Joker scenes what does it do what does it do what did people do with the Joker in the Dark Knight I did this I analyzed his vocabulary I analyzed what he said right aggressive expansion huh he seems he like he has this mysterious backstory and you're trying to piece it together a little bit maybe he uses lingo maybe he uses vocabulary maybe he uses phrases maybe I'll understand his motivation a little bit more it, it's only that mystery and that intrigue is only created in the absence of holding my hand and telling me what's going on if you tell me it's less interesting oh oh okay yeah Yep, Anakin's mom died. Yep, he's scared of death. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scared of losing Padme. Wooed to the dark side by that. Cool, man. Super one-dimensional character motivation. Awesome. If you'd have had all these little hints, all these little seeds planted, that Anakin was doubting the light, doubting the Jedi Council, like doing like little moments of compromise little moments of rebellion as opposed to being just kind of whiny and and, and annoyed he just seemed like a whiny teenager like everything just kind of annoyed him it's like that's not a deep enough reason to to become the greatest villain in the galaxy i also feel like the mystery of snoke and force awakens was good too oh gosh another Another absolutely lampooned opportunity. Who is Snoke? What's going on with Snoke? What's going on with his face? Was he put back together? Man, who is that guy? Oh, oh, he's just some guy who's like training. Oh, he's dead. Thank you, Ryan Johnson. (laughs) Mystery, intrigue, confusion. The audience doesn't really know what's going to (laughs) happen. Dead. Inconsequential character. Doesn't matter. As meaningless as Ray. Just a nobody. Who cares? (laughs) 
Who cares? Is this your pure opinion or do you have a background in film? I don't really have a background in film. I've watched a lot of the film critics like Chris Gore and a lot of the a lot of the YouTubers and commentators out there that, that break movies down and what makes for compelling storytelling and you know I, but I don't have like a background in film no a lot of this obviously is driven by my fandom and my I love Star Wars but I also can watch a movie and I can tell you why the Joker was so effective I can tell you why Batman and I can tell you why Bruce Wayne is the worst character in the Dark Knight he's freaking awful poorly written his character motivation is stupid and unrelatable I relate more to the Joker in the Dark Knight because Bruce Wayne is so awful right the treatment of Harvey Dent and Two-Face stupid absolutely stupid Two-Face should have been the lead villain in the third movie what a Oh, I get so mad about that freaking movie. Such, oh, such a beautifully executed, brilliantly acted transformation. Like Harvey Dent becoming Two-Face. Say it! Like he yells at him. Say it! Like, oh my gosh. Just so good. No, I'm going to get to see the new Batman in 10 days and I can't freaking wait. Two-Face is a weak villain. Oh, but it wasn't about him being a good or weak villain in the history of Batman. That transformation is compelling. He could have been full of rage and anger, and he could have hated Batman and blamed Batman. It could have made for a great kickoff in the next movie. He didn't necessarily need to be the only villain, but he could have been like the lead, main, or kickoff, right? Oh no, former DA turned bad scary. Oh, it was too, it was so good. Disagree with the Wayne take? Watch begins again? No, 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 no. I'm talking specifically about the Dark Knight. Bruce Wayne in the Dark Knight is the worst character in the movie. I didn't say the trilogy. I actually think Batman Begins is the strongest of the three movies. I know we all love, I know we all love um, Heath Ledger. But Batman Begins is the strongest of the three. It is. It's the strongest movie. It's the most consistent. Batman, the Dark Knight's all over the dadgum place. And Bruce Wayne's terrible. Joker saves that movie. And the third movie is an actual dumpster fire. It is truly awful. So, Begins, Batman Begins is is excellent. It's actually excellent if you really look at it. It's very well done. It's very consistent. And Dark Knight's just not. Joker saves it. And killing off and killing off Two Face was also stupid. It, okay, you may disagree with me on like, oh, Harvey Dent and Two Face would have made such a great villain for the third movie. You didn't have to kill him. He could have played a role in the third movie. He was awesome. He looked awesome. His transition was awesome. One thing that was done right was Joker having his own creepy theme. If you got exci- you got excited when you heard it, yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> Such a letdown. Favorite trilogy: Star Wars, Batman, or Lord of the Rings? 
I would pick Lord of the Rings because it's personally more it's personally and more spiritually impactful for me to watch the Lord of the Rings. I love Star Wars, but the Lord of the Rings movie is like meaningful meaningful to my like actual life, not just like my childhood. It's great to have fond memories and it was a bond that me and my me and my brothers and our sister and my parents had, which so it's meaningful for my childhood. But like Lord of the Rings is meaningful for my life right now. Like I can watch that movie and get emotional at so many poignant parts. And even more now, I haven't rewatched the Lord of the Rings after going through everything I've gone through, even more now. Everybody needs a Samwise. Like so powerful, so well told, so well acted. How about the Hobbit trilogy? I actually love the first movie so much. I can't watch the second and third. I just get annoyed. But the first one's very good. Martin Freeman's brilliant. I just watched the first one and then that's the end of it. <clears throat> You're not a fan of Heath Ledger's Joker? Guess I'm an outlier. I like, um, I haven't watched the deleted scene yet, so I don't know what I think of that guy, but, uh, or the extra scene or whatever the frick. Um, I thought Joaquin Phoenix Joker was, was superior. He's the most well-rounded version of the Joker. Because you, you understand him as a man, you understand him as a villain, you understand him as a head case. You, like, there's, there's more layer. like, Joaquin Phoenix had to create layers upon layers upon layers the physicality what he did to his body like he is the full package as the joker now i i I know barry barry will probably do a wonderful job but joaquin joaquin did something special with the joker that no one else will probably ever do which is why i guess i'm probably okay with it being a standalone film now nobody's ever gonna have to do what he did now maybe Barry will, but yeah. I see Phoenix's Joker becoming Ledger's Joker. Yeah, yeah. He adds all those layers. Yeah, he adds all those layers that the the crazy laughing at the world anarchist. Yes, yes. I agree with that. The no killing is a pointless and tired, boring plot device for at least a decade or two. It's just so central, though. I I know why you probably are saying that. I have not seen the movie, but I get why that might be like, oh, really? I agree. Phoenix sits at the top. I just think as an actor, Joaquin Phoenix had to do what no one else had to do. Jared Leto Joker is the best. (laughs) No. Joker's meant to be an ambiguous character. One reason why I didn't like Phoenix's Joker. Plus, there is no Joker without Batman. Prove me wrong. LOL, great movie, though. Well, it's a backstory, though. So, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, I get what you're saying. It's not that it's not about the Joker. It's about him becoming the Joker. That's why the movie is so excellent. It's it's a it's probably the best origin story in existence, I think. I think it's the greatest origin. I think it's the greatest origin story we have. I don't think anybody does a better origin story. The hero origin stories are okay. Like, Iron Man's pretty good. I think Doctor Strange is an excellent origin story. Very well done. But I think The Joker stands apart as an origin movie. I don't think there's any other origin movie at its level. I don't. It's, it's, it is a tour de force. When you realize Batman is also severely mentally damaged individual, the whole no-killing thing makes a lot more sense. Phoenix is about him becoming Joker. He was not the Joker in the movie. That's exactly right. 
Phoenix's Joker is a standalone. It's so nuanced and he's so clearly diseased that that doesn't really fit with any other version. But I think it fits as a prequel to all versions of the Joker. All versions of the Joker could stem from what Phoenix created. That's why it is an absolutely beautiful movie. He creates so much depth and so many potential angles and arcs. It is absolutely magnificent. You can literally see Heath Ledger. You can literally see even the bad or cheesy versions of the Joker, like the original television show. You can see all that stemming from what Joaquin did. You you actually can. Like it's that's why it's so well done. I mean, seriously, go watch the original Batman TV series and look at that Joker. You could actually see you could see Joaquin turning into that an overrealized circus-like character that is completely not connected to reality anymore. Oh, it's so good. It's absolutely wonderful. If it wasn't so macabre and so dark and depressing, I'd watch it more regularly, but it's very dark. It's very it's a very dark journey. Christian Bale was a great Bruce Wayne, but not much of a Batman. I thought he was great at both until they ruined his character arc in The Dark Knight. Listen, the this is what they should have done with The Dark Knight. This is what they should have done with The Dark Knight. <laughs> the movie should have opened with Rachel's funeral. Killed by some new character called the Joker with flashbacks of what Batman had to do. And you could have had really good flashbacks and commercials and interviews with Harvey Dent and established how strong he was for Gotham and now he's Two-Face. Oh, so good. That would have been so excellent. Non-linear storytelling at its best, right? Like, wow, they took Gotham's white knight and they brought him down. They crushed him. And the chaos that would have ensued in Gotham and the tension and the anger that that would have put in Batman, the temptation and and the desire to kill the Joker, that would have been an excellent, that's the Dark Knight. That's the Dark Knight. Not the hero we deserve. No, the Dark Knight is on the, he's on the edge of the razor blade. You don't know. He, He might. He might snap the Joker's neck, bro. He's so angry. He's so driven to madness. And that's the effect the Joker has on the city. That even Batman himself struggles to not descend into the chaos. That would have been a much better movie. Instead, you spend half the movie with this, like, teenage version of Bruce Wayne with all this, like, she was going to leave him, Alfred. She was going to leave him for me. What? And you had to change the actress so it's no longer the same person it's now it's Maggie Gyllenhaal that also hurts it it's like who is this and why does he like her so much what the frick that's the Dark Knight movie that they should have made and then you let Heath Ledger do his thing I love Joaquin's Joker but all versions of the Joker show him to be an evil genius Joaquin's versions kind of presented him as a dope Yes, but you see, once he's in jail, that's where the genius can be born. He doesn't realize how intelligent he is. He doesn't realize how much potential he has. And this descent into madness opens that up to him. 
he starts reading he starts studying right think about it his, his backstory is mired in 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 sadness and rejection and in in being a loser but the joker is a catalyst to greatness for him it's a way out <laughs> gosh that'd be such a great story just seeing the part two the birth of the genius the birth of the genius maniac would be so good he would always see that the joker is what saved him from being the loser from being the dope that is good storytelling that's a compelling villain because you could sympathize with that you're like this is a catalyst to power and freedom for him I get him I understand him that's good writing that's a good villain he becomes much more intelligent as the Joker uh, than the man before the Joker his mental illness fuels it like being a whole different person yeah man that's why what Joaquin did is just it's just magnificent it sets up so much of what makes the Joker the Joker the criminal genius the maniac the cynic the anarchist all those threads of the Joker are in that movie it's it's wonderful it really is it really is wonderful movie that movie uh, that movie operates at its own at its own wavelength and level of quality it really and truly does what are some of my favorite comic book movie villains who do they feel they got right Joaquin Phoenix Joker Heath Ledger Joker was good I thought Ra- Ra's al Ghul Ra's al Ghul was really good really good in Batman Begins um Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen is really, really good in Doctor Strange, but he's not in it enough. It's hard because Marvel gets villains. Um, Marvel's villains are quite boring a lot of the time. Marvel's villains are quite boring in the movies. In the movies, let me let me let me rephrase that. In the movies, uh, the Marvel villains are quite boring. They're quite one-dimensional. I want lots of power, like Jeff Goldblum. Uh, in Thor Ragnarok is very well done. Hela is terrible. She's so uninteresting and so boring. Um, yeah, Marvel villains are extremely disappointing most of the time. That's why I was interested in the new Batman. I wanted some new, dark, twisted, interesting villains. Um, because the villains in the Marvel in the Marvel Cinematic Universe are super. Un- they're just not interesting. Like, what's-her-face? Yeah, Loki. Very well, very well made. Yeah, I forgot about Loki. Loki is fantastic. His character arc all the way from the movies to the to his show is is absolutely wonderful. I love Loki. And I, the art style of his show and, oh, golly. Really, really good. Killmonger, yeah. I would agree with that. Killmonger's very good. Loki's very good. Green Goblin in No Way Home, yes. Willem Dafoe nails it. When he says that's a neat trick and his whole face changes, give that man an award. That scene is wonderful. The way that they make you subversively experience Spidey sense and then he turns and he's like, that's a neat trick. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, Bucky's got a very good arc. Bucky's not really a villain. He is, but he isn't. Like, because it's not him. Winter Soldier doesn't say much. Doesn't. He's not compelling as a villain because he's brainwashed. You know what I'm saying? He's not compelling as a as a as a villain because he's brainwashed. So yeah, Marvel's villains villains are usually not that great. Unfortunately, Killmonger ruins Black Panther for me. Oh, I really really liked it. Killmonger's very one-dimensional. Okay, so the reason I like Killmonger is because I think it's a little it's it is a little contextual. Um <clears throat> So um Yeah, we literally have to turn the music off in in this Star Wars game. That's so freaking unfortunate. There's no like play generic music. Um or we're not going to be able to play the game. How do I delete this? Yes, overwrite it. Okay. Are you really sure you want to overwrite this save file? Yes, I would like to. Okay. Okay, what I was going to say is I really like Killmonger because I think he tells a bigger story. Um, and I, I don't want to speak out of turn. So, I mean, there could be guys like Robert or Wheezy or others that would like to speak maybe more into this. So, but as, as a, as a white guy that grew up in America, I feel like he tells the story of the angry young black man that is important and not, it's not cliche. It's relatable, right? Abandoned by people with power who could fix or help the situation feeling victimized feeling angry and being overcome with it to the point that you want to destroy the systems or the people attached to those systems I think that's a really important story to tell at a subversive level at a cultural level and I thought it was important or helpful I don't know for me to hear that story I don't know if I'm projecting too much onto it am I projecting my my own thoughts, my own background, my own ideas. But that's why I liked Killmonger. Like the more I watch that movie, the more I see it is like they're they're they make him relatable in the context of like honestly, in the context of like the history of America and where a young man might feel that way and why he would be driven to do what he did. Not that you would like justify it. I think it's a really important story. I think it's similar to the character arc and story in American History X. And they make it sort of believable and understandable why Ed Norton would be twisted into a really hateful person. But they show you what it does to him. It destroys him. It destroys the things around him. Similarly to what happens to Killmonger. He loses everybody, everything. He's all alone at the end. He literally kills his girlfriend. That doesn't make him a good villain. I disagree. I think it's an imagined trajectory that 
<clears throat> I think it's an imagined trajectory that a- that rage, anger, and a sense of being a victim can take a person on that journey. I think that makes him a compelling uh, villain. It's it's a very believable. It's a very believable common story taken all the way to its full realization. Not I fell into a vat of acid and I'm crazy now. It's a real dude, a real kid, a real young man that grew up and felt those things and thought those things and was driven to take it very, very far. I think that makes him a fantastic villain, actually. He's never believable as a threat. I don't know if that's necessary. I don't know if that's necessary. He uses a loophole to get access to power, right? I don't know. We got we to gotta shift gears here. That's a whole other story and a whole other topic. Um, we got to shift here to gameplay. I'm going to take a brief break, use the restroom. When I get back, we're going to jump into uh, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga gameplay. Two more likes for 300 likes, and uh, make sure and do that. Uh, and we will jump over into gameplay. I hope you guys enjoy the gameplay. To this afternoon over on Reforge Radio, we're talking about Leah Thomas, the swimmer. I want to break down what has happened and how a lot of people are getting this wrong. I certainly have a viewpoint on what's going on in sports with respect to people uh, in Leah Thomas's situation. However, I think some people are really getting this wrong and uh, I want to talk about that in the grand scheme and picture. So that'll be the debate and discussion over on Reforge Radio this afternoon. If you like these talk shows and debates, we get into really serious discussions and debates over on Reforge Radio about matters of culture, politics, religion. We obviously don't do that here because this is a gaming channel. But if you like the vibe and the debates and the discussions, make sure you're subscribed to radio. That way you can you know be a part of that discussion this afternoon. And when I get back in just a minute now, we're going to jump into gameplay. I'm really excited to play this with you guys. It's really fun. Okay, I'll be back in just a second.
Okay. Did I miss Lono saying what today's topic is about? About uh, Leah, Leah Thomas, the swimmer. the NCAA will change the rules in some way yeah they're gonna have to they need super super they need a lot more clarity because the whole like one year thing is super short and we can you can clearly see that in the recent situation so alright Okay, let's get some tweets going. Some announcement. It's three years. No, it's one. I read multiple articles on this, Eugene. All of them say the current rulings is one year. I can't find a single thing that says three. They all said one. So can you find it? Three years of therapy? No, it was one. One year of hormone. So in between now and the radio episode, try to find me concrete evidence that all those reports are wrong. I I literally read reports that are on... Leah's side that cited that they cited the official NCAA ruling that it's one year so I don't know multiple multiple articles not a bunch of people with like a bias that are like being nasty about it people that are like this the, the one the one article was literally just like here's a history of everything that happened here's a link to this rule here's a link to that rule and it said one year I mean one to three years again we would that's to, we'll, we'll save the debate for over there Cries in Elden Ring. Yeah, it's. I'd need a break though. I need a break from Elden Ring. I do. <laughs> I really do. I love these little animations too, and how they, uh, how they set it up, like for picking the episodes. It's very clever. All right, I'm gonna put a link in chat. If redirect doesn't work. You can use the link in chat or the pinned the pinned thing at the top. Redirect's been good or bad depending on the platform that you use. Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. This is going to be Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga gameplay. Very, very excited to dive into gameplay with you guys. If you missed our discussion this morning, we do talk shows in the morning on this channel, and we talked about the movies. We debated the movies. We talked about all the different things that I think are wrong with the prequels as well as 7, 8, and 9. So we hope that you enjoy this gameplay. Let me bring over everybody from the stream this morning. We will do a redirect.